Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 26. Today we're talking The Midnight Hour from 1985, directed by Jack Bender. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor Billy Butcherson McGraw. Welcome to The Dumpster. Great. You shouldn't do that to people. Oh, yeah, come on, guys. That. This is just a joke. No, it wasn't funny. It's just a bunch of words. Wait a minute. I don't think it is. Didn't anyone listen to my report today? No. No. Well, this sounds just like the curse Lucinda let loose on this town exactly 300 years ago tonight. To set free the demons of hell and to bring back the dead from the grave. Hey, isn't that a little chancy? I mean, this is Halloween. Isn't that when all the creepy things are supposed to stock the earth? It deals with demons. Demon resurrection and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant but are never truly dead. It's Halloween, Halloween, have you forgotten? They're coming to get you, Barbara. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Trick or treat. Don't worry, that'll come back around in about 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. Maybe a little longer. Doug Jones just pops his head up. Hey. Uh, yeah, so here we are. Second episode of our Trick or Trash Month, fellas. Uh, we're rolling right along. Yeah. We're uh, like like a pumpkin down the side of the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this entry couldn't be more tonally opposite uh, from the movie we just watched last week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Indeed. <laughs> well, we got we got like a we got like a fun lighthearted comedy uh today. Little eighties made for TV flick. So I'm with that. Yeah, that also at times to stop me like, hey, here's a real werewolf attack. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get serious for about two minutes and then get back to the laughs. For about thirty eight seconds for a quick cutaway and then we'll go right back to, to dance numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or uh one of the most like viscerally beautiful uh sequences I've ever seen uh on this podcast so far. And then yeah, right back to dance numbers. Uh, I'm telling you right now, this is an impressive made for TV flick. Yeah, and we were talking about it before the show. It's an hour and thirty-four minutes long, and you said this aired at like eleven PM. With commercials, this must have been a fucking chore. It was like two hours. It had to have been like two hours yeah. to get through. Uh, <laughs> we just wanted to say congratulations to our winner of last week's uh, Trick or Trash giveaway. They got their Satan's Little Helper uh, prize pack. Got all that good stuff in there. And this week, we're giving away a Midnight Hour-themed uh, prize pack. So make sure you listen to the episodes and get that code word, guys. And you're going to go on your favorite social media app. And uh, and pop it in there, and you'll be entered. Now, this is working a little different. I just want to put this out there. Uh, each week, as soon as that winner's picked for that specific prize pack, we wipe the uh, the entries clean. You have to start all over again and listen to the next episode and get that code word specifically for that episode giveaway. Um, so, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Uh, what did you say in the uh, the video, uh, Dumpster Goblin? May the beast be with you? Oh, yeah, beast of luck! <laughs> Beast of luck. Yeah, beast be with you. I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> and also with you, Gramps. Literally, like, the beast be with you is like, beast is, like, watching over you from X-Men. And he's, like, looking over his uh, his glasses, Hank McCoy from the heavens. <laughs> Puts his book down. Uh, you know, it's, okay. All right, here I go. It's Kelsey Grammer beast, though. He just walks off the stage. Oh, no, he's eating tossed salad and scrambled eggs. 
He's laughing in rhythm. I, I really want like a Frasier Beast mashup where it's just it's Hank McCoy hosting a radio show. <laughs> he's just <laughs> with his really stuffy brother. He has his guest on, you know. His old friend from the bar, George Went. Oh my god, everybody knows his name there. George Went's there on his radio show saying, Yeah, yeah. I got I got these pretty cool next door neighbors. They're wizards. <laughs> Kelsey walks in and everybody goes, Beast! <laughs> Uh, that's a visual. Hey, get those taps running, boys. But yeah, so uh, so before we get uh, rolling or spooking right along, uh, do we have any Patreon questions, Sean? Uh, yes, we do. We got two for you there at home. So starting off with uh, Dustin Elkins. He's back again. He's always dropping questions here. We might, we might have to uh, commemorate this uh, segment to Dustin if he keeps it going. <laughs> Dustin's Corner? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of thinking that a little bit earlier. Uh, but he asks, uh, well, he says, rather, Gears are rolling, LOL, with the inclusion of Rambo in MK11. Which MDU character would you want to see in MK, and what would their fatality be? Uh, I want Munchie. Sorry, I'm doing it again. <laughs> Hang on, if you use Munchie, can he be like a Ferrotor kind of character? Like he rides a larger character's, you know, back or something? Oh, <laughs> now you're talking. Okay, wait a second. It's a two-part character, but it's Munchie and Norm, and you can like switch them out, <laughs> right? Like ice climbers or some shit? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. You got the subterranean and the terranean, you know, uh, goblins together. Or the like the Ginyu Force in Dragon Ball Fighters. <laughs> They just swap in and out. Oh, dude, I love it. You know, and they even have the hug a bunch in the in the group. You know, every time you hit a different button, one of them comes out and attacks. Oh man, I think in uh, in Armageddon they were like noob Cybot and Smoke are just one character slot now, so it was just noob slash Smoke. Yeah, right, right. So the fatality, yeah, the fatality would be like Norm runs up and like busts your fucking kneecaps backwards, like your legs, <laughs> and then you fall down and your crotch falls into his mouth, and then he, like, takes a bite out of it, Ugh. and then Munchie summons a fucking pizza that cuts your head off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Kung Lao? I was like, please have this incorporated fucking flying killer pizza. Oh, yeah. And then, like, and then like after you're, like, falling backwards and stumbling around, like, Munchie throws, like, a bar of soap, and then you, f- and then you slip on it and fall and explode into five million pieces of guts and ribcage that's pretty damn good. Just like Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> yes! Uh, the other day, I had uh, inadvertently stepped into the character of uh, Maga Shang Tsung, so uh, <laughs> seems like a natural fit there. Make out world great again. <laughs> and his finishing move is, I don't know, he's just, you know, racist to you or something. <laughs> <laughs> He put he put he puts a maga hat on your head and your head just explodes. Yeah, exactly. He's being realmist. Yeah. <laughs> he builds a wall around Outworld. <laughs> oh my god. We're going to put a wall around Outworld. Uh, I think GVD would be a pretty good one. Ooh, you know, yeah. she'd be running around in that pit, in that purple robe, going after people, <laughs> climbing up their back. You know, trying to snap necks with her thighs. Oh man, she's like Yoda in the prequels. She could be bopping around. Yeah. She's got her shotgun at the ready. She hits people with her wheelchair. <laughs> she like, she goes to super speed, like, knocks their legs off. Yeah. Well, she's got that predator suit, so I think her fatality, she disappears, and you just hear, like, a cackle in the wind. 
And then she just like appears behind them with like a knife and just cuts their head off. Dude, she's got cybernetic legs, right? So you can like either have the wheelchair like fighting style or like cybernetic leg style. Sure. But like she still has it. She still has that like uh, power move where she can summon the wheelchair from behind you and you like right. You, it like hits you in the ass and you fall down and it, and you like wheel towards her and then she like decapitates you or something uh alternative idea the wheelchair uh you know knocks you over you roll towards her and then you combine orchid and cabal's finishing moves and then she just exposes herself and you die of fright (laughs) oh my goodness that's probably more accurate i was gonna say another good one would be the wheelchair but it's like an electronic one like you know the one she has in steel yeah you know origins of gbd uh, and, and she just like some kind of button combination she hits on that just sends the wheels into overdrive on the opponent. I love the idea of the opponent dying from fright from seeing her her wrinkly body. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know if Gunner or any of the wizards are in there, you know they might actually be immune to that fat to that fatality. That could be a uh, friendship. Show me something I haven't seen, old lady. <laughs> uh, this is just like Friday night for me. <laughs> You know what Charnetsky's would be? He'd take a bite out of Chunky Chicken, and he'd transform into the proverbial Chunky Chicken and bite the opponent's head off. Oh, yeah, dude. He summons it and falls on you? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Like Liu Kang in the M- MK Arcade cabinet? Oh, yeah, he's, he's Liu kang it up either way. He's <laughs> either turning into the chicken or dropping it. Uh, I imagine he takes a bucket full of, like, you know, 100 chicken wings and just, like, very quickly strips them all down to the bone and then just throws them at you like fucking shurikens or something like that. <laughs> Instead of the opponent turning into a thousand bones, he throws a thousand bones at them. He rips the leg off and, like, deep fries it and eats it. Oh, man, that's pretty good. Makes a meat log out of his opponent's leg. Yeah, dude, fucking, I like drums. None of that wing shit. You know, you know, Haggerty, Haggerty would just be smoke, but it's cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a solid white cloud. Yeah. Haggerty flying around with that blue robe swinging behind him. You know, he comes out of the air and his ass cheeks are exposed. <laughs> And if it uh, if it touches their his opponent, they get a uh, a massive offense and speed boost, but a serious defense decrease. He he has a buff where he pulls out his uh, camel cigarettes and takes a puff, or he lights you up as a cigarette and fucking sucks you in. <laughs> it's like a reverse kiss of death. Uh, I like the idea of John Hurt as the game's uh, ridiculously overpowered, incredibly cheap projectile spamming boss. <laughs> yeah, he's like Shao Kahn in two. Well, he already has Kronika's crown, so he's already kind of a shoe in for that. Yeah, like he just like you get like. You you attempt a bicycle kick. He's like, Buchanan! Just, <laughs> he pulls out his giant hammer and hits you with it. Yeah, exactly. That's the equivalent of that. Fucking Shanks, Shao Kahn boss fights. Michael Clark Duncan's in there, but we know we already have his moves that figured out since he is Garrus, literally. Yeah. He's like an alternate DLC skin, right? That you put on Garrus? Well, I, if, we're, if we're talking like legit Mortal Kombat, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm assuming this is Mortal Kombat MDU. Or I, like, what would the name be? It would really just be Movie Dumpster Universe, the video game with Mortal sure. Kombat. Uh, uh. Mortal Dumpster? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, I lost the thread, what I was trying to say. The, uh, basically, the the engine of Mortal Kombat. There yes. you go. Mm-hmm. We're going to get sued. So our two our, our two sub uh, large sub-bosses are definitely Kumdar and uh, Corpsefucker, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They sure are. Oh, well, they're a combo uh, battle. Yeah, yeah, right before John Hurd at the end of the ladder. Oh, yeah, you gotta do that fucking tag team shit where you have to defeat them all with the same health bar. Yeah. Yep. Right, right. Because they're kind of like, I know that we always say they're the APA of the MDU, but they're also kind of like Bebop and Rocksteady for her. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. I like that a lot. (laughs) It just lines up a little too well for you, Connor, doesn't it? Uh, I definitely, I, I... 
I definitely want one of them to have purple sunglasses and a mohawk now. <laughs> well, Comdar, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, boys, do we have to go fight the peoples? Yeah, we're gonna go get them, John. Who would be the other uh, mini boss? Uh, would it be Baldwin? I mean, I feel yeah. like that kind of makes sense, right? Baldwin's like the reptile character or like the chameleon character that like comes in oh so who gets his ass kicked constantly no baldwin is the one that the fight you have to unlock by getting the double flawless no blocking fatality uh you know fight in the living forest (laughs) yes yes that's what i'm saying but baldwin's also like you know we were talking about primal rage a little bit last week he is basically that primal rage character (laughs) inserted into mk puking and pissing on everybody oh he's chaos yeah (laughs) <laughs> he hits you with tequila bottles. I like the idea of just a primal rage game, and they're like, with guest character Daniel Baldwin. That's <laughs> it. Like, he's just in the game. He's got the dolphin dive attack. That's how, and that's how you know to uh, press upstart in, Mortal, in our Mortal Kombat game is when he dolphin dives behind one of the trees in the living forest. Exactly. Um, he also can pick up like the little, the little, the little summoners off the ground, or the little tribal people, and eat them. Gets a health boost. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> What would his fatality be? Oh, jeez. He he beats you. He strips you naked, ties you to a bed, and beats you to death. Yeah, that lines up. I was gonna say he opens your out your mouth up like manually with his hands, and then he dolphin dives into your body, and you explode into a million pieces. Oh, I was gonna say anything the Bo Show would do. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't even have to go to Primal Rage. They already got a character. Okay, so he breaks your jaw off. And you're standing there, and then he, like, downs an entire bottle of tequila and then vomits down your neck. Oh, my God. That's... Yeah. <laughs> like, intentionally? Yeah. And then he falls and passes out, and you die. Yeah. What is that one from X where... Oh, it's Moretro, like, f- fills you up with booze or something and then jumps on you, and you spit up your own intestines. It's the grossest <laughs> thing. <laughs> Uh, that game has, that is, uh, one of the grossest fatalities I've seen, and that game has the other one that, to this day, makes me uncomfortable, and that's the one where Ermac pulls your guts out through your mouth. Ooh, that's a good one. That is the nastiest thing I've ever seen from those games. (laughs) I just want to backpedal real quick. I just want to add, uh, the alternate fatality for Haggerty is he fucking rips off his medallion and summons the fucking Elfenhuten. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And they come and they just fucking tear you apart. I like that. Stab you in the dick with a fucking knife. Yeah. And, and, you know, Gunner, Gunner actually was in Mortal Kombat already, so this is kind of like a repeat character. Yeah, he's just got it, again, he, he got that different skin on you, but the same moveset and fatalities. Right, white robe this time. Yeah. God, this could be its own episode. <laughs> <laughs> Not even kidding. Let's rattle a couple more off and then we'll move on. Uh, Dobby, Dobby, of course. Uh, well, yeah. I, I don't know if he's... You know, Swole Dobby the whole time, or if that's the fatality, like he transforms for the fatality. Oh, dude, you collect three of those fucking spheres, power up, and then he becomes fucking Swole Dobby? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Swole Dobby is his, like, full meter x-ray move, where he just, like, yes. suddenly gets big sure. and just beats the shit out of you for about five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and then just shrinks back to normal size. Exactly. Backbreaker, you know, he learned that one from P-Head, and mm-hmm. then he's, like, doing a kick to the face and a full Nelson, like a headlock with her neck breaks. And then his fatality, I think he transforms back into Swall Dobby and just, like, manhandles the opponent. Oh, man. Does all of that move again, but, like, actually breaks them apart. His friendship, he makes you a cake with magic. <laughs> he drops it on your head, though, and yeah. so there's, there's that. <laughs> no, his friendship is just shoots himself, and then Harry Potter comes off the side of the screen. <laughs> 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 Potter just appears in the background and starts digging. Um, 
Uh, P head is a good one too because like yeah. I'm one imagining him in his like fake doctor outfit and like he's just backbreaking people the whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> well, you know that if that fatality is the backbreaker and the body splits in half and there's mm-hmm. blood all over the place. Well, that's a brutality, right? Yeah, we definitely have to have a level two that we insert into the game if Pumpkinhead's in there, whether it's like the mine shaft or the fucking barn with all the wind vanes in it. The weather vanes, right? Yeah. Well, I, w- I was thinking the uh, the windmill, or not the windmill, excuse me, the mine shaft, uh, because you could uppercut people into the mine shaft at the end of the level, and then they'd fall into the card table. Oh yeah, you could do that. They could fall out the <laughs> fucking well in Ireland too. <laughs> That's so on brand <laughs> <laughs> for both things. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't know unless you guys have any that more that you want to like throw out there i think we can move on i think connor said it best we we've already i mean we can have a whole fucking two hours of this yeah, I got, yeah. I got, okay christian bale and his fatality is that he summons a dragon and he spits matthew mcconaughey at you and he chops your head off with an axe <laughs> <laughs> come on big boy <laughs> and then he just casually yeah and then he just casually walks back down the dragon's throat into its stomach oh my god i love it Give it to me. No, he rides out of the fucking dragon on a tank instead. <laughs> right out of his mouth. We come from America. <laughs> and he shoots one giant bullet into you and you explode. Okay. <laughs> Do we have any other questions? So our next question comes from Leonardo. And he asks, what are you guys uh, reading or watching or listening to outside of stuff for the podcast? Oh, okay. Uh... Well, since all the shows uh, I was watching are still in limbo, uh, I picked up Lovecraft Country, and that's really fucking good. Uh, I watched uh, Hagazusa the other night, which is um, a German filmmaker. I forgot his name. Uh, It's his first film. And it's branded as like a gothic folk tale so it's kind of in the vein of something like the witch or or, or wait a minute i've seen this you did i think yeah um i don't want to spoil it too much just in case the listeners haven't seen it since we're not reviewing it um it's basically it's basically like it's a drama film um art house type film um it's it was good it was okay it wasn't as good as The Witch, but it was fine. Let me rephrase that. When I say I've seen that, um, I had it on and I was like in between being asleep and being awake and going like, why is that pile of sticks attacking that woman? <laughs> there is no sticks attacking anybody in this. Okay, story. then maybe I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> maybe that's some half-remembered, you know, you know, fucking you know, fugue state I was in. It's, it's actually more, very much more a psychological horror than even The Witch is. Uh, lacking the family dynamic from The Witch, which I really appreciated from that film this one is like the adverse effects of solitary of being on your own and like solitary i don't want to say solitary confinement but like being the outcast or what have you and not she's not actually a witch right but the adverse effects of being on the outside of a small community like in the mountains in the wilderness in you know the whatever the fucking 1400s or some shit 1300s right um, you said there's isn't someone attacked by some weird like it's a, I don't know like a cow skull or some shit. I know I've at least started this movie because it all sounds so familiar. It, no, there's there's literally no uh, monster uh, visages in this. Wow, then Shutter must have something equally as uh, strangely titled, also black and white and also period piece because oh, it's not black and white; it's full color. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what? Everyone just ignore me for the rest of the show. <laughs> no, dude, you're good. Now I want to <laughs> know what the so fuck tired. you're talking about. I want to watch whatever you're talking about now. 
I don't think what I'm talking about exists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I finally watched Dream Demon too. I finally got to sit down with that. Uh, the Arrow Blu-ray of Dream Demon. And I watched the director's cut of that, and it was very good. And you should probably watch it if you can find it. Nice. Um, I've been pretty much just watching some uh, Halloween movies and Halloween-adjacent movies. Oh, well, that too, yeah. Like, I watched The Witches, uh, the classic movie, which is being remade. And I don't think it looks horrible, but did you re- did you need to remake The Witches? Don't fucking need it, dude. Just don't. No, no. I, who is this for? You know, people that can't be bothered to watch a a movie by Jim Henson that has like really amazing effects. I don't know. And it's that argument where it's like, well, this film will make them watch the old one. I'm like, why don't you just watch the fucking old one? You know? Well, right. <laughs> it's for me because I want to watch Anne Hathaway eat scenery. Okay, <sighs> that's fine. But it just looks like a okay. It's just unnecessary. It, well, fine, remake it, right? But like, it's just so over the top in a way where. At least on the surface level, just just judging by like the CGI use in it, yeah, um, it's just like egregious, and I don't, I don't know, like I think the thing is too, Joe, when you look at that original movie, just the practical effects I are know. so well done it's throughout, so good, like everything, the mouse, uh, the witches. I'm not saying that's taking away from it. I'm just saying like. Again, you could have put that money towards uh, something else, I guess sure. is what I'm saying. Something new? Like a different project, right. My my thing with the CGI in that movie is, um, like, we're in a day and age where you can make me sit through three movies about talking apes, and for all nine of those hours, I forget I'm looking at digital cre- uh, recreations of animals because they're so fucking well done. Oh, yeah. And for some reason, like... You just you make these mouse these mice look like floating cartoon blobs of nothing that like are totally you know immersion shattering. You fucking nailed it right there. Well, I was talking to my girlfriend about this topic exactly, not not necessarily in the context of the witches, but it was like we I was like you know look at look at uh, Alice in Wonderland for crying out loud like yeah. I think that movie's a piece of shit. It is, but it made so much money. I, I just think a lot of people don't care. Me, I, I think people listening to this show probably do care. Sure. Uh, and we care, but I think the general public just like Avatar made a billion dollars. Like let's lest we forget. Yeah. Well, the general public doesn't give a shit, and that's why we're talking about the movies that we do because uh, yeah. <laughs> everybody forgets about them. And also, I want this take immortalized forever. Uh, Alice in Wonderland's a piece of shit movie that is full of non like lots of stupid gobbledygook. Yes. For ninety minutes. And they made a sequel. And it's it's just an excuse for fucking Johnny Depp to futter wacken for ninety minutes and. That's about it. It's a shame, it, especially for Tim Burton. It's a shame. I mean, he made a fuck ton of money, but like, at the end well, of the I day, think that, I think at the end of the day, he doesn't care. Then at that point, I and that's kind of shitty, in my opinion. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, the sure. guy who made Beetlejuice is long gone. Um, oh yeah, I know that, and that's. I guess that's the guy who made Sleepy Hollow is long gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as far as like uh, like stuff I'm consuming now, uh, I. In with the holiday, I started Resident Evil 7 finally, uh, recently. Mm. Enjoy. Wait, that's your first run? This is your first run? Oh, yeah. Completely. Oh, man. I, I Excellent know, game. And I know very little about it. Like, I kept, uh, like, major spoilers away. Like, I know who fucking shows up at the end because the internet's stupid. Um, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. Doesn't, it hasn't ruined anything for me because so far the experience has been about, like, me putting on headphones going, like, I don't want to walk around that corner because Ooh, yeah. I hear the spooky <laughs> old man with the fire axe just walking back and forth going, like, oh, son, come on, we're going to play with you, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when it when it fucking dropped, I was play- Julie and I played this, like, in the dark all the time, 
she i played that in alien isolation with her and she was the worst because she'd scream and like this the controller is sensitive to to the sound oh god yeah Mm, right yeah yeah that was like a feature on the ps4 right yep yeah yep um but i don't know it was fun it was a great time it was it it got me back into resident evil again to tell you the truth Yeah. yeah I'm excited about 8. It looks really cool so far. I'm so excited for you, Connor. <laughs> like, it's such a great experience. I know, yeah. Because, well, like, for I've been... I love Resident Evil, but I'm also, like, one of its biggest critics in the last, like, decade. And I love Resident sure. Evil 4. But I'm like, man, did that game do some unintended damage to that series? Because, like, 5 is good, but also ridiculous. And then 6 is a piece of shit. 6 is trash. The, the problem with 6, especially, was when that first trailer came out, I was so hyped for that game. And then you play for Leon for, like, 5 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, fuck me. Yeah, they're like, zombies. I'm like, yeah, but it's zombies where you're like, you can German suplex 7 of them them at a time um no and then seven is like a complete (laughs) restructuring of how that fucking game is supposed to fuck with you and just like it's it's a complete tonal shift and it like it's a weird experiment where it's like can you do texas chainsaw massacre in a resident evil universe absolutely you can do it because like it's just fucking i don't know it's so weird and i hate uh first person horror games fuck with me a lot um and uh, it works yeah, and I also thought that giving you a way to defend yourself actually makes the terror even more intense because in Outlast, it's like, yeah, I'm hiding in the same dark corner I've been the last 15 minutes because the same stupid enemy keeps patrolling the hallway and I literally can't do anything else except walk out and die or wait. Um, yeah. And Resident Evil 7, if I fucking, like, whiff an axe shot, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole thing, right? Like, you don't get... I, I don't think you get weapons for a decent amount of time in that right am i right or wrong ah uh, i mean you do i mean once you get past like the first major story beat you yeah you yeah uh you get it for like a tutorial and they take everything away from you and that's when jack bigger starts chasing you the first time um right 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 i also have been playing avengers and that game is fun but holy shit does crystal dynamics have a real hard road ahead of them if they want to make that game a long-term success because you seem like you were having a good time playing it. I'm I I just don't have time to pick it up. When it's working, it's fan fucking tactic because there's like this really like very simple endorphin rush from like I just pinned a guy against the wall with Thor's hammer and then Cap came along and threw a shield at his face. Um, it's just so fun. <laughs> That's it's sweet. awesome and like yeah. just stupid superhero shit. But then it's like oh online stuff. Oh microtransactions. Oh you you structured this like fucking destiny and anthem and anthem died a fucking death. That should have reverberated for the industry. Apparently, it didn't. Uh, and this game so far, I think the, uh, the latest news was that it's the Steam player base is less than a thousand. That's a shame. And, that, uh, yeah. How do you fuck that up, huh? How do you fuck up an Avengers game in 2020 after the success of the MCU? Well, I I think that's a different conversation, though. Yeah, exactly. The only other stuff I've really been doing, I mean, again, I watching movies. I watched Halloween because you know, always watch it every year. <laughs> um. And uh, I've been playing some uh, Sinking City, HP Lovecraft game. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, mowing down the KKK, I, I just uh, finally ran into them in the game <laughs> and uh, immediately killed them. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's spooky season. Let's, uh, you know, play some weird shit, you know, watch some weird shit. I mean, we watch it all year round. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, especially in October. I make a point to watch even more 
than I normally would. Feels cozier. Oh, for sure. Like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on, though, I want to say that uh, running to the KKK in Red Dead 2 is a treat every time uh, because <laughs> you can do terrible things to them. <laughs> Uh, I came across dudes who were setting up a cross in broad daylight, and one of them got scared, dropped the cross, and killed the other guy. <laughs> Lit him on fire? No, crushed, crushed him. him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, yeah, the uh, the midnight hour, the made-for-TV ABC special of the week for Halloween, uh, directed by our friend Jack Bender guys yeah child's play three anyone hi jack our dear friend yeah friend in quotation marks (laughs) he's done so much tv it's like insane so besides child's play three um and like this film it's still it's still made for tv this film though but like he's directed a ton of episodes for like lost and the sopranos and alias and under the dome and even game of thrones wow uh Huh. On his, like, on the Wikipedia page for uh, Minute Hour, like, I was scrolling down and, like, yeah, I noticed Child's Play 3, but then my eyes went right to one particular entry, and that was the Lone Ranger t- pilot episode that never got a series picked up starring Chad Michael Murray in 2003. Oh, I never even fucking heard of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I just I just have to giggle at, like, all the, the failed attempts to make the Lone Ranger a contemporary success. It, you can't do it. Yeah, why? Just a, a new idea, please. The Lone Ranger does not need to come back. Something else. But, like, it's, it's very of its time, too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, was that supposed to be, like... A resurgence after, like, that horrible fucking movie with, what was that, Channing Tatum and Johnny Depp? No, it was, uh... Oh, yeah, Johnny Depp being a Native American for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, Army Hammer, uh, who was almost Batman and instead had to be the Lone Ranger. <laughs> cool. Because that... Because you picked the Lone Ranger over fucking Batman. Yeah, sure. Oh, well, no, that's because, um, Justice League Mortal, uh, by George Miller, which was supposed to be, like, you know, this... Like, the, the cast list is out. You can see costume concepts and a lot of stuff like that. Like, people, like just pictures of production stuff and all kinds of stuff. Uh, it fell apart, but a lot of people were supposed to have, like, big fucking superhero roles uh, in that movie. And I think the... No shit. One of the women who... Uh, the Vuvulini in Fury Road, the dark-haired one, was actually slated to be Wonder Woman when that movie was being developed. Really? Yes. That would have been interesting to see. Yeah, but scooting right along, we got uh, William uh, Blake or Blake? Bleak. Either it's William Bleak or Blyke. He wrote uh, The Hearse, uh, The Stepford Children, and Poltergeist, The Legacy? Man, I haven't thought about that show in years. I forgot it was the thing. I didn't even know it was a thing until this moment. Wait, what the fuck is Poltergeist, The Legacy? I remember it being on, like, either... I'm probably... I might be mixing this up, but it was either USA or Sci-Fi Channel, but... Poltergeist the Legacy was like a, a series for Poltergeist. You know how they did like Friday the 13th and they did... Um... Uh, okay, hold on. When you say Friday the 13th, you mean like, hey, here's a show called Friday the 13th. It's got fucking nothing to do with Friday the 13th. I, yes, <laughs> and it deals with like haunted antiques, which it's a great show, by the way. But on the other hand, I totally forget what Poltergeist the Legacy is about. Like, I don't even know what the fuck they do in that. Uh, but... I remember it being on television and just never watching it. And I forgot it existed, and there it is. <laughs> um, and we got... Uh, this This film is composed by Brad Fidel, or Fidel. Yeah. Yeah, and he's doing... He did Fright Night 1 and 2, Serpent in the Rainbow, huh. True Lies, Just Before Dawn, another Jeff Lieberman movie, and um, 
Terminator 1 and 2. Can you believe that shit? I gotta say, uh, in my personal opinion, Mr. Fidel, uh, you phone this one in. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it fucking slaps, dude. I was not into it at all. No? I was like, what is this circus music that we're listening to right now? Oh my goodness. You guys, you guys hate that, like, whimsical 70s, early 80s shit, don't you? Yes, I, I really do. You mean I hate music in which I envision people spinning plates? I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I fucking like it. Yeah, Shakes is over there doing it. Shakes and Rudy, they're, they're, they're competing. Yeah, like, so just imagine stupid circus routines is what I picture when I hear music like that. Some of the, some of the, some of the beats are good, though. When we're not getting Wilson Pickett or, like, the Smiths, uh, there are some good uh, chunks of soundtrack, like, later. Right. A lot of licensed songs in this movie. Yeah, the whole opening is like, you know, that whimsical kind of... It, you know what, it's almost... I don't want to say it sounds like Danny Elfman, but it reminds me of, like, the opening to Beetlejuice. I, I, I could see where you're coming from on that. When the Maitlands are, like, you know, when... when uh, uh, Alec Baldwin's like do, going going around like to his shop and shit and saying hello to everybody. Poor man's version for sure. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, on effects we got we got Tom Berman Studios, man. Uh, we got he's done a ton of shit. Uh, this guy is legendary. Um, I mean we're talking the original Planet of the Apes, uh, the Manitou, which will come up later again, which is one of my favorite uh, '70s horror films that we definitely need to do about a medicine man who uh, is reincarnated in the back of a woman's neck. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sign, sign me up. Uh, he did the uh, his studio did the effects for My Bloody Valentine, uh, Phantom of the Paradise, Food of the Gods, the '77 Doctor Moreau, uh, ex- the Exterminator, The Hand, Happy Birthday to Me, uh, the Cat People remake, uh, Halloween Three, uh, Prophecy, the monster movie with the giant bear, Beast Within, which we need to fucking do because it's awesome, uh, One Dark Night. Teen Wolf 1 and 2, Howard the Duck, Captain EO, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Scrooged, and an MDU classic, uh, Star Kid. Ooh. Wow. That's a list. Howard the Duck was even in there. I guess you didn't consider that an MDU classic, huh? Yeah, I guess it was. My bad. I was just rambling them <laughs> off. I mean, it is a good one. <laughs> Sorry, Howard. Go back to your slap room. Clean up the sperm. <laughs> go clean Go clean those fucking panties out of the mud mud dip or whatever the fuck. Hey, uh, hey, you want some fun? Ask me to describe Captain EO for you. <laughs> describe Captain EO for me. I fucking can. I can't remember a fucking thing about that show. <laughs> It's just Michael Jackson's Star Wars. I know, but I can't, like, even then it's like, I mean, is it? I can't even envision anything. <laughs> it's a ride at, at uh, Disney, wasn't it, for years? Epcot, dude, and it closed, and um, I think I've told the story before, but the last time we went, uh, a few years ago, five or six years ago, I think, it was open when we went to Epcot, and we fucking went on with the 3D glasses and everything. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, I- I've been on it a couple times, but again, I-, I, do- I barely remember it. I remember it being like the 3D show with the bubbles and shit, but I- I- and it's in space, but beyond that, I couldn't tell you. It's basically like Michael Jackson with like a ragtag crew in the spaceship fighting whatever. He's got to, like, sing and dance to fucking beat somebody or something. You know how that goes. Yeah, right. Does, does he have a dance-off with Roger Ebert? Oh, wait, that's that's something else. <laughs> with Joe Pesci? Isn't that Michael Jackson's ghost, where the fuck it is, that weird short film he did? Oh, man, that's a great, great short film. Um, But, yeah, he's, like, dancing for, like, people in the house. And he's yeah. like, that wasn't scary, huh? How about this? And then he does, like, a whole dance number. And then it turns out he's, like, the fucking, like, fat white teacher... And then he starts dancing, and then, like, Michael Jackson, like, comes out of him. He looks like Roger Reaper. Oh. 
kind of does. It's good shit, man. I think that was all Stan Winston that did those effects, yeah? I'm pretty, I'm almost positive his studio did. I think so, yeah, because I remember the the effects about, uh, from that being notable. Yeah, check it out on YouTube. Unfortunately, I don't think it's anywhere else except for, like, some limited edition tape that fucking came out in the 90s that's hard as fuck to get a hand uh, hold of. But yeah, but I just want to note some of uh, the crew that was in there at studio. Uh, Jack Monroe, Larry O'Dine, Sylvia Abascal, Jeff Dawn, Steve Laporte. It's either Laporte or Laporte. Uh, Mike Smithson, Rick Stratton, and John Logan. Um, and just fun fact, a lot of these people that were working for uh, Berman Studios did a lot of work under Rick Baker for the Thriller video. Oh, wow. So there's a... Huh. The, speak of yeah, the devil. Yeah, it feels a lot like... I mean, even the makeups in this movie feel a lot like that, and I'm totally fucking here for it, man. I, You know, I was kind of thinking that, and that's... that's uh, Huh. That, 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 I can't even say it strangely lines up. It just... It, it, it does. If that made sense, you know what I mean, though? Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I, I love the use. I love the zombie looks from Thriller and this. Um, it's a lot of, like, pale greens and pale purples and stuff that I really like. I, I mean, I would argue that it's almost creepier in Thriller. Oh, sure, no. But, uh, yeah, similar aesthetic for sure. The makeup is better in Thriller, but this isn't bad. No, 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 no. It's it, it's still very good. Ten-year-old Connor is fucking terrified from Thriller, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, they also had zombies with, you know, blood and shit dripping out of their mouths and cobwebs all over them. I think Michael Jackson's Wear of Transformation is, like, the scariest shit, because I'm like, why does he have big fucking yellow eyes? It's awesome looking. It looks like a weird cat thing. Dude, it's well done. It's really well done. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucking werecat, dude. It's awesome. Uh... Almost time to pop that fucking The Making of Thriller in, because that's we watch that every year. Oh, man, I haven't seen that in a hot minute. So fucking good, dude. Just real quick on the home video release of this. Uh, so this premiered on ABC. This was like a special made-for-TV ABC thing um, that we just don't see anymore. Um, and that's a real uh, big reason why I, I enjoy this. Um, so Vidmark releases this um, on VHS in 1989, and then Anchor Bay releases it on DVD in 2000, and then they also had a VHS release of it in 1999, so I don't know, they like released it on tape, and like it was that weird period where like shit was still coming out on tape, but also DVD. Right. Even like Satan's Little Helper did the same thing. Like, I remember Titanic was on two tapes. Yes. <laughs> and then the DVD came out like the next fucking year. Yeah, and you're like, why the fuck would I bother? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was expensive at the time, just like everything. You know, DVD wasn't cheap. No, no. It's, it's not like VHS at the time was cheap either. Like, let's remember. <laughs> no, VHS were like fucking 90 bucks for a tape. Well, I don't know about that. Were they really 90 bucks? Some Dude, when VHS first started, some of those tapes were like $90. That's why they had video rental stores, <laughs> because they were so expensive. Sure, sure. Fuck that. But uh, but yeah, apparently they're, the DVD and the Anchor Bay specifically, the Anchor Bay DVD and VHS are way out of print and um, extremely rare, because they weren't around for a long time. Like the Vidmark, the 89 Vidmark VHS is easier to get than the 2000 1999 Anchor Bay DVD and VHS, which is bonkers to me. Huh. Interesting. So yeah, so this so this flick airs in 1985, the day after Halloween on November 1st. Would <laughs> now the only thing I can why be, I think because Halloween that year was a Thursday. Okay. And they're like, okay, well, nobody's gonna stay up and watch this because they have work the next day. So let's premiere it on Friday, which is November 1st. You know. Okay. Maybe they could have just said, hey. 
We know it's called the Midnight Hour, but uh, we're going to just, like, air this at 8 because uh, we, we know people need to go to bed early. And, like, I know they, they have several Midnight-related songs that play throughout this movie, but, like, I felt like the whole Midnight Hour thing, I mean, it's, it's crucial to the end of the film, but the rest of it, it's really not. And wouldn't it have been fun as a viewer if you got to that point in the movie and it was, like, midnight real time? Uh, well, that too. Maybe. Yeah, that's that's true. Because this movie's 90 minutes airing on TV with commercials, so... <laughs> yes, and that makes it two hours. Well, it's, it, you know, according to Wikipedia, it aired from 9 to 11 so it didn't even it didn't even hit midnight. So that's that's the point that I'm trying to make. Like you might as well move it back another fucking hour. Makes sense, but yeah, but like why not air it at like seven o'clock for like the kids too? Right, seven or well, yeah, just earlier if if that's the point. You know, you might as well have just put it on Halloween by by then. You spent the money for people to watch this on your fucking cable access television. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know what it is? They, they they couldn't interrupt the fucking Packers game. You know that was that was scheduled in there. It was probably Thursday night football. They had a contract they couldn't break. <laughs> so fuck fuck Halloween. We're just gonna put it out after. Fuck them. Fuck Sherry. Fuck uh fuck Lavar. Fuck them all. And and I feel like in 1985, maybe I'm just uh, you know, wrong about this. But you know, it's not like it is now. Where like the day after Halloween, there's literally just everyone has Christmas decorations up already. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do the same shit, dude. Because you want it to last, right? But we decorate for uh, for Halloween in fucking September, so... Sure, sure. As you should, because, like, there's no reason to rush this fucking Christmas uh, no. you know, retail. I worked at a shop right a long time ago, and um, I was working there on Halloween. Fucking pissed. Um, it is 9.30, and the GM comes around and goes, all right, start taking all the Halloween stuff down and put the Christmas stuff up. I was like, Whoa, what? I was like, Come on, so dude. I have to be here all night for ho- until 11.30 on Halloween, but I also have to take all the Halloween decorations down and put up Christmas shit? I hate this. Ugh. Why? Yeah, that might have been the day I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's like what's the problem with waiting till like, mid-November to do that? Like, for, for retail stores. Right! Wait till, like, Black Friday. Like a normal person, you fucking whack jobs. <laughs> right. The thing is, the thing, okay, so just from a decorating standpoint, like, it's a lot of work. And, and we go all out for Halloween and Christmas specifically. So we like to enjoy it and keep it up because it's a lot of work to put up and take down. So we want it up for a while, you know? Sure. Rightly so. Um, so we usually keep the Halloween stuff up till, like, we usually wait till the weekend before Thanksgiving. But we might decorate a little bit earlier this year just because fuck it. Why not? I mean, if you, you're like me and you live in a house where there's Halloween decorations up literally all year round. Uh, well, well, yeah. <laughs> just it's the- also my house as well. Like, there's always fucking scary shit all over the place. But, like, specifically, like, putting up, you know, the garland and the wreaths and the trees and all that shit, you know? Yeah. There's bats and cats and skeletons here all year round. <laughs> yes. They're, they're all they're mingled in. You know, with little Santa hats on them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, either you guys want to uh, plot crunch this film. Um, you ever seen Paranorman? It's that. I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's also hocus pocus. Yeah, it's it is very tropey. I guess is the word to to describe it, but it's it's endearing. Before before it was tropey though. Yes. Um, I lose all the fine details, but essentially there is a uh, a cursed place in a town by an old uh 
slave? Ah, uh, she's also practices black magic. Yes. Well, she was like marked as a witch, uh, more or less. Yes. 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 And um, in the town, you know, there's a curse that oh, you know, if you say these these particular words, oh, uh, she could come back. And of course, our our main characters, due to some circumstances that they uh, where they steal some equipment from from a local museum, they they find this scroll and read it and unknowingly resurrect uh, this witch and a, and a bunch of zombies and a werewolf, I guess. A bunch of werewolves. I love that Wolfman and his buddies show up because they heard it was a good time. Like it's <laughs> yeah, man, Dracula and his son too. Yeah, I you know they got resurrected somehow because I guess they existed before. Well, they're the demons of hell, quote unquote. So there you go. <laughs> it's uh, Zool and the Keymaster. <laughs> <laughs> Stay puffs walk stomping downtown. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not Cumdar this time. It, well, you know what? He might be in the shape of a giant slore. So who knows? <laughs> Potentially. Uh, and then just basically all these zombies uh, come and attack this uh, town. And uh, that's that. That's basically it. There's also this party that takes up uh, about a third of the movie that characters are at. Zombies are showing up at. Uh, everyone's having a good time. GVD's cutting a rug. Oh, yeah. But with the, with the release of all these demons and stuff, uh, basically, if our main uh, protagonist doesn't uh, seal up this specific cursed parchment paper by midnight, uh, it's curtains, baby. Everything's going to be... Uh, <laughs> it's going to be Halloween forever, pretty much. Yeah, Elmo's crying in the corner. <laughs> he doesn't want that. Shut up, Elmo. What's the downside? Oh, man. Elmo wish it was Christmas every day. Or it was Halloween every day. He gets eat, eaten by zombies. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, the, the, the actual uh, made-for-TV movie was Christmas every day. But, yeah, you're right. The, I, I like the idea of it being Halloween. I can eat candy every day. And he's, like, getting all fat and shit after, like, the fourth week. <laughs> <laughs> he becomes, like, a giant, like, slob Elmo and then just gets torn apart by a werewolf. Yeah, he, tur- he turns into the blob. He's rolling down the street, just eating the the residents of Sesame Street. Just rolling over them and ex- absorbing them. Let Elmo eat you! <laughs> he turns into St. Aldridge from Dark Souls 3. It's like, and then he ate until he burst into sludge. <laughs> we are Elmo! Comes out of a meteor or something. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man, yeah. gets Latches onto that bum. And the only man that can stop him, Victor Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> what killed the Elmo? The Mr. Freeze! <laughs> Mr. Freeze! This joke doesn't work as well, but die anyway! Okay, puppet, freeze! <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this movie kicks off with, like, this little boy, like, rolling up newspapers on his lawn. Wait, so, okay, so have either of you, have either of you been, uh, uh how to, had a paper route? No. No. Okay, me neither. But I'm pretty sure you don't get the newspapers right in the morning and then roll them up on your lawn yeah. before you put them in your bag? <laughs> Hey, maybe in 1985, this is how it was, man. It's possible. Here you go. Earn your keep, boy. <laughs> Roll these newspapers up. Now I'm just thinking about the old, uh, I'm thinking about the old video game, the arcade game, uh, Paperboy. I'm just thinking about him doing that before he traversed this town that he was attacked by tornadoes <laughs> and death and fucking dogs and shit. He's, he's sitting at his house like, ah, it's going to be a busy day as he's wrapping the papers up. It's going to be a busy day in purgatory. <laughs> Now it's fucking werewolves and vampires. Yeah, exactly. It's so weird because, like, it opens up on this kid, and it's just like... I was so convinced he was, like, a main character. He's, like, going about his business, rolling up these newspapers, takes out a fucking uh, Rob Owens baseball card, and, like, puts it in his 
bike rack and then slips on a, a, a Halloween 3, like, skull mask. And then it just, like, cuts really quick, and Wolfman Jack is just like, Hey, how you doing? It's the midnight hour. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the cut is weird because, it like, it's after he tries to put the card in his spokes, like, he misses and cuts his finger open yeah he like hits it on the chain yeah and then it cuts to like this full moon and wolfman jack is just like this is the title of the movie here we go there's some kind of wolfman jack blood joke peppered in there for it to make sense all right it's a bloody night it's halloween hell <laughs> it tonight is halloween and on halloween we do the thing and then tonight tonight it uh spooky time Wolfman Jack. If you're bleeding, a vampire's gonna smell it from 500 miles away. Woohoo! <laughs> 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 uh, for the for the youngins that don't know, Wolfman Jack was like a huge uh DJ uh back in the in the 80s, the 70s and 80s, and uh, that was his kind. This is kind of his shtick. Wasn't Wolfman Jack like one of the the like inspirations or motivations for uh gene simmons in uh trick or treat sure was I mean, yeah yeah i was thinking the same thing i was gonna have a joke where like gene Sim- you know it's gene simmons pops up but i wanted to establish that it really is wolfman jack this yeah. time <laughs> <laughs> but he's there he's in the corner he's ready ready to fill in just in case the uh, wolfman wants to take a break yeah the, the man always has to sit down every once in a while wet those lips but you know he's got he's got to talk he gets gene in there he's a he's a, he's a sip of water man hurts his throat doing that voice tags him in <laughs> <laughs> so here we just get like this montage of the town which is gorgeous and i'm immediately at home i'm super cozy it's autumn we're riding around these neighborhoods the leaves are falling the colors are beautiful everybody's waving and shit like ah oh, thanks for the paper bobby or whatever yeah and then he passes by a local police officer who goes bitches leave yeah. <laughs> as kurtwood smith just emerges <laughs> Halloween, my favorite time of the year. My ass. Oh my god. <laughs> Fucking dumbass. Uh, sadly, underutilized this movie. He shows up like two more times, and that's it. And like, I know. If you love Kurtwood Smith like I do, just because of RoboCop, like you're so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. There's another actor that gets similar treatment that we're gonna get to. Yeah. I just want to note this milkman real quick, because uh, he comes. Oh, you mean Clint Howard? Oh yeah. <laughs> He comes back in a big way later that I just want to note. Yeah, and and so so we're we're basically taken around this town. There's this, and then there's like this giant wide shot of like town square, and it's it's just really beautiful. And uh, this is a Pitchford Cove, the picturesque uh, Halloween uh, town. It's like a leave with the beaver town, basically, but it's eighty five. Yeah, well, we're in Maine, baby. So or New England rather. What I don't know if we're in Maine specifically, right, but yeah, right. I think we're in the Boston area because there is a line dropped at one point uh, mentioning, if I remember that correctly, that Boston specifically. Uh, New New England is. I, I hope that I can live there in some capacity in my lifetime because it. I love it so much. It's a really nice area. Uh, I fucking love it so much. Uh, when this kid like pedals by a cemetery, he throws one of these uh, rolled newspapers at the uh, the the groundskeeper. I swore up and down that it was Pete Postlewaite. <laughs> it looks just fucking like him, but I, I like I even looked it up. He's not in the fucking movie, but yeah, it's uncanny. I I didn't I totally missed that guy. And for a minute I was like, is this like an NDU holiday special? What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> well, we get well, kind of a little bit, a wee bit. Wait for it. It's coming. <laughs> so, so we're introduced to uh Phil Grenville played by Lee Montgomery. And I was like, this guy looks so fucking familiar. So I looked him up, and he's fucking David from Burnt Offerings with Oliver Reed and um, Karen Black. You guys ever see that? I've never seen Burnt Offerings. 
Bucks? No. Oh my god, dude. You guys need to remedy that. Uh, it's fucking great. I'll take your word for it, but uh, I'll look into it. Really good. Burnt offerings. Um, and he's like having breakfast with like, and his little sister's there and his mom's there. Uh, he also looks like a young Stephen King, uh, in the worst way possible where he has giant fucking soda bottle sunglasses and awful hair. (laughs) He's also playing that character where it's like, well, he's a nerd. So, and he wears glasses. So he's ugly, but he's like super handsome. Yeah. He's like, what's his nuts for Monster in the closet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure. Takes his fucking glasses off and people get, like, captivated by his beauty. I mean, he's not, like, he's not, like, crazy super handsome, but he's a good-looking dude, and, like, it's just ridiculous because it's one of those things, like, you know, uh, she's all that or whatever, where it's like, oh, she wears glasses and wears a weird shirt, so she's not attractive, and it's like, yeah, I don't think so. Well, right. I mean, he's not Paul from Dungeon Master, but yeah. No. But he's a handsome guy, is what I'm saying. He should have no problem getting a date, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, he's a big dork. Uh, can't date him. Well, you know, the problem is that, you know, him and all his friends, they're like in their 20s and they, you know, they can't get out of high school and everybody else is the proper age. So hence why he can't get a date. <clears throat> 30s. I think Sherry Belafonte is 31 in this yeah, film. Yeah, <laughs> I was being kind. Uh, We'll get we'll we'll talk about it because it was very jarring for me watching sure. this movie with these characters that are supposed to be in high school, especially some uh, adultery type shenanigans that we yeah! get <laughs> later in the movie for sure. <laughs> so he's all I guess he's been talking to his mom about this girl that he really likes, really likes Mary, played by Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Yeah, Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Only other thing I've seen her in is Vamp, and she was good in that also. Great flick. If you haven't seen, that's definitely a fucking stay tuned. I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that movie. I, I don't know if I'll say I loved it, but it's uh pretty damn good. I don't know. Grace Jones is amazing in that. And all the effects. Well, yeah, she's the best part, in my opinion. So she's basically like, his mom's like, oh, you know, take your time. Don't wear your heart on your sleeve. You know, like, you know, you got you got, you got got so much time to, 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 do, to date girls and what have you. She's like, you don't need to get your dick wet right away. Like, relax. Stay at home. Play with your cock and ball. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'll buy you that lube you asked for. Put it right next to your bedside uh, table. Go inside. Play with your cock and balls. Just make sure you study, and then why don't you go crank that hog a little bit? <laughs> Just don't get any on your math homework. <laughs> Put it away first. The homework. You know, you know, you know what I mean. Or, or your cock and balls. I, you know, this is a really weird conversation to have with my son. And then, you know... Play with your cock and balls after you after your algebra. Just don't stick it in any uh, American pie. Yeah, don't fuck my apple pie again all over the all over the table again. <laughs> oh, dude, oh, this guy's fucking something in this house. Any some type of food. Yeah, I can't keep telling your mom you keep eating him. So, <laughs> well, dad doesn't have a problem with it. So keep on. So speaking of dad, we cut right to all right yeah this is a weird thing we, we cut right to dick van patten who's martin grenville right uh, and he and he plays uh phil's dad um and if you don't know who dick van patten is i mean he's you would definitely know him from space balls fucking king of druidia yeah he's fucking king vespa dude yes <laughs> one two <laughs> two three one two three four it's the same combination on my luggage uh <laughs> that's amazing yeah the this is a bizarre uh, uh, setup where he has his dental practice in his family home, which is not that uncommon, like in a split house. Sure. 
Uh, but it's literally like you leave the kitchen and he's working on some woman like in the next room over. It's definitely like a small town thing. You mean he's assaulting someone in the next room because apparently he's oh, not yeah. using any <laughs> anesthetics or anything like that? He's like Steve Martin status from Little Shop. Right. He's fucking malpracticing someone in the next room. He's like, I don't know. I was. I used to sell glue. I was Greg the Glue Man in Pippi Longstocking. Now I'm working on people's mouths. And and he's doing like the dentist speech with this woman who has all this gauze in her mouth so she, and she's like trying to talk to him and he understands every word she's saying because he's been doing this for so long oh that's such a good gag phil's like you know he asks his dad the same question and his dad's like ah wait, f- fuck it we you know wine him and dine him get you know by the way get a job while you're at it you know live like this no tomorrow go fuck as many women as you can little guy <laughs> practice medicine without a license it's fun <laughs> i'm i'm rolling in the dough <laughs> i'm i'm doing i'm feeling great and his patient goes uh novocaine he goes ah I think you'll be okay. He says it's overrated. <laughs> it's overrated and just keeps drilling. She mentions that uh, her tra- her transfer student uh, or her niece is like visiting or some shit. You guys should. And he, oh right. And he like tries to set him up on a blind date. That's just important for a little bit later. But anyway. So then he goes to school again. Yeah, uh, looks out of place. Uh they all look out of place. <laughs> Yeah, LeVar Burton's maybe the youngest looking in the crew, and he still looks way too old. LeVar Burton Burton can pass for, like, 18. Maybe. He could pass for 18 today. Like, he's just... Have have you seen him lately? He's an old man. (laughs) He's, like, 50 or 60. He looks like he's 50 or 60. But at the end of this decade, you know, he's two years later, he's doing Next Generation. He looks a little younger, I would even argue, in Generation. I think so. I, yeah. It's that visor, you know, it uh, it makes you look younger. I, I guess so. Well, he becomes a vampire, so he's internally young, I guess, question mark. True. He's got ice cold blood in his veins. Keeps, keeps his fucking body on ice, so it stays nice and fresh and young. It's his Lazarus pool. Baked into his body. <laughs> so we're introduced to Cherie Belafonte as Melissa Cavendar, and uh, she's there. LeVar Burton's there as Vinnie Davis. Uh, Pete DeLuise is there as Mitch Crandall. Uh, Pete DeLuise is Doug uh, Penhall from 21 Drip Street, P.S. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then we, we're introduced to Dee Dee Pfeiffer uh, playing, what is it, M- M- Mary. And um, they're all fucking around, and like it, it's like Halloween day and they're like waiting for their teacher to come in but he like hasn't shown yet so they're like playing hangman on the board and throwing paper airplanes and shit and talking about how they're gonna fuck each other that night yeah more or less the same standard shit we always see when a teacher leaves the room except everyone's also horny yeah <laughs> they're like oh man we're gonna we're gonna fuck right tonight lavar burton is trying to fuck this entire movie oh yeah it's our night, babe. What the hell? Are we going to do it yet or what? Right on the dance floor. I'm not trying to read the rainbow. I'm trying to go over the rainbow. Come on. <laughs> Fucking taste the rainbow, mother. <laughs> yeah, trying to have it inserted in me. <laughs> <laughs> so then this uh, substitute teacher walks in. Dude, it's fucking Cindy Morgan. She plays Miss. Uh, she plays uh, Vicky Jensen, who's the substitute teacher. Did you guys know? She's from Caddyshack and stuff. Did you guys know that... Uh, two things about this woman. Uh, she was like Rodney Dangerfield's protege. Whoa. <laughs> okay. She's not funny in this at all, so that's kind of a shame. No. He like took her under his wing to, to like be an actress and shit. And I'm like, where is it? Because she literally is not funny or particularly good in this film. No. Um, and in Caddyshack, is she like the one that, uh, uh, Chevy Chase hooks up with? Uh, 
I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't place her in Caddyshack. But, I mean, when you say their relationship with Ryan Dangerfield, that, you know, makes sense. Okay, she's the one that climbs up on the fucking diving board and, like, do you remember that part? Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, well, funny part about that is she's legally fucking blind, so when she was doing that scene, she could not see oh, what she was doing. my God. Little little tidbit for you there. Also, this substitute teacher is very clearly the same age as all of her students, so. Again, we're all 30. <laughs> yeah. Or at least our leads. She's like, yeah, uh, the the teacher left a list of the curriculum, and, uh, you know, I'm going to enforce it. And everyone's like, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and Mitch is like, hey, how do I get into those panties or whatever? Oh, God. And she's like, don't worry. I'm like Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man. I look like I'm 28 in high school. <laughs> Flash Thompson, Joe Manganiello. <laughs> I'm not 30, you're 30. And then Phil is like, oh yeah, I have a report I have to give. And he like stands up in a fucking blazer. He looks like he's about to go to work, walk into the office. He's like, oh, can someone get the projector set up for me? Yeah, this is like that Hocus Pocus thing. Like, uh, Allison like drops the whole fucking lore bomb of, um... Right. Of, uh, the Sanderson sisters. I mean, he essentially does the same thing here. And he like gives the whole, um history of pitch grove and it's like he's like yeah my great 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 grandfather was a witch hunter and he put away sherry bellifonte's great 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 grandmother because she unleashed hell and zombies onto the town he sealed them up and put them away and then fucking hanged her in the square and uh that's my story and so we did we created this class called hunters and every night on the hunts they go out and fight beasts <laughs> <laughs> It's the old blood. Because we all drank the old blood from the old ones we found <laughs> in the dungeons, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, it just, like, visually, you're like, this is a Bloodborne lore dump? What's happening here? I, I think it's kind of hilarious that Phil just, like, you know, drops this lore about this other, fr- you know, his friend you find you come to find out. Uh, his grandma, like, yeah, she was a witch. The whole fucking town hated her, so we killed her. Hey, Melissa, it's your great-great-grandma. Don't let anyone in class forget that. I'm just going to really call that one out for some reason. Sherry's like, yeah, we all know that. Duh. Because there's a fucking museum about it. <laughs> Isn't it weird that you're not doing this report? He's like, I just get my jimmies off of telling everybody. I don't I don't get this many eyeballs on me. I'm, I'm usually in the back of the room being ignored, so. I'm going to exploit someone else's family history for the sake of a report. <laughs> He's like, okay, so my grandfather was white and your grandmother was black, and then he hung her. <laughs> right. And they're like, thanks for that. Read the read the room, buddy. Because well, because it, in everybody's head, they're like, yeah, goblins and zombies and vampires don't exist, and your grandfather just killed was a racist asshole. It was it was a racist asshole. <laughs> and he's like, no, it was true. There was a scroll and everything. There was a black candle, and my grandfather lit it. <laughs> And he was a virgin! Basically. At the time! She wouldn't put out, so he lit the f- fucking candle. So after our Hocus Pocus lore drop, um, they're just like, they're like, yeah, that was, what a great story, okay. And then they come up with this fucking scheme. Oh my god. I guess they all hang out. Even though they're busted on this guy's balls the entire time he's giving the report, they're buddies with him. Yeah, oh, LeVar drops a fucking book at one point. To distract him, yeah. Yeah, to distract him or get him in trouble. And then M- Mitch is like, I got a really hot idea. Why don't we steal the costumes from the museum to be the people that he just told the report about that we say we didn't listen to later? He's the lamest cool guy in school I've ever seen. He's like, <laughs> yeah, let's go steal the, the historical costume from the... Uh, who gives a shit? You, how bored are you? They're dressed like pilgrims. Yeah. Like... 
people are gonna be like, oh, oh, are you Nathaniel, Nathaniel, uh, 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 whatever, and and uh, Lucinda? No, nobody's gonna know who the fuck right. you are. You look like a vampire and a fucking uh, pilgrim. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, they make a very clear point that this town, due to it being small, everyone pretty much knows the history sure. of it. So, like, you know, in any other circumstance, I'm with you on that, Joe. But in this particular instance, where they're saying. Everyone in town knows this story and what they looked like. What the, what, what did you think was going to happen? I guess so. And the big thing is, like, they go through all this trouble and then nobody gives a shit. Well, one guy gives a shit and he is drinking angry about it, okay? Oh, I can't wait to... Don't spoil it. <laughs> I can't wait to get <laughs> to him. My, I love that man so much. So they're watching... They're, they're casing the joint. And there's, like, this guy there. I forget his name. I think it's, like, Lester or some shit. Who could give a shit? He's wearing, like, a cat, a caterpillar hat, like the fucking uh, backhoe company. <laughs> yeah. And he's got these two German shepherds in his truck, and he's, like, feeding them fucking, like, chicken livers or some shit. Uh, I gotta say, these are some beautiful-looking dogs, though. Oh, yeah. Yes, they are. are. They are German shepherds, though, right, Connor? They, they're probably... They're- they're probably Malmute uh, shepherd mixes. Uh, but yeah, they're like, yeah, he's protecting the joint while it's while it's closed. Because I guess was Phil works there, or he has a connect there. What? How does he know this information? Question mark. Also, what uh, created the necessity for a creepy man to walk around with two uh, snarling dogs to protect the fucking local museum? <laughs> <laughs> they never know. Someone's gonna steal these costumes. It's a real threat for the town. Yeah, someone's gonna come and. S- and steal this cheap replica of, you know, outfit from a man who's been dead for 300 years. They, not not only that, but it's the actual co- outfits that they wore. But I think my thing is, like, he, there's an entire police force. Why are they hir- hiring fucking Joe, Joe Bob fuckface to, like, go out there and, like, right. patrol the town with these two, <laughs> with these two German shepherds? <laughs> well, I, I think the police just don't give a shit at all, so it's like the owner of the uh, museum has to hire this fucking moron just so they have something. I, I guess they have a problem with people breaking in to steal these fucking costumes. Right. Well, clearly, because uh, that's exactly what these uh, kids, well, excuse me, these adults do. <laughs> So, so they're fucking, they're taking all the shit off of uh, these mannequins. And LeVar Burton, you know, LeVar Burton is literally the catalyst for all this bullshit. Uh, he like, he's like, what's in here? And he's like, he's like, oh, Phil's like, oh man, that's just the, that's just the archive. Like, we don't go in there. And he's like, oh really? And then he kicks the fucking door down and they go into the basement. Yeah. It's like wedge shut. Like he's really got to put some elbow grease into it. And Mary's Mary's like taking shit off the shelves. He's like, yeah, we should bring this to the party and decorate with it. I'm like, what are you talking about? This expensive looking shit that's probably like hundreds of years old. I would have my keys and I'd be in my car already on the way home. Be like, <laughs> fuck these morons, right? They're gonna wake the dead or some other bullshit. Yeah. Well, we forgot to mention that Mitch's dad is like like the highest rank judge like of the town, so he's just gonna right. get everybody out of trouble if anything happens. The, 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 the definition of white privilege. Oh, for sure. But they're like, okay, yeah, uh, this is kind of more than we expected. Uh, yeah, grab that random-ass trunk that's on the ground that's definitely not gonna become plot-relevant. Uh, we'll throw it all in there. Why is it glowing green? <laughs> Phil's like, that's my family's crest on that, and he opens it up, he's like, oh, shit, look at all this stuff. And then, and then, share. Uh, Cherie like breaks like a bottle and they're all like oh fuck let's get out of here yeah that idiot outside doesn't hear any of that stuff no the dogs do the I guess so because they break to the car they pack in the car start the car and then drive off and then this guy turns around and he's like huh 
styrofoam cup. <laughs> like, he didn't hear anybody inside the fucking building. What are you talking about? And you heard these guys across the street. Uh, the sad thing is he's probably deaf, and he just is afraid to tell anybody. Oh, man. He's deaf or something? Because he would never get hired again to, to protect anything. This is true. Everyone knows he's deaf, but they, they just feel bad. Oh, my God. This poor fuck. Right. Like, he's got those dogs just in case something happens. They usually alert him. And they're like, yeah, man, so uh, where where are we going to go? We got to try these costumes on. They're like, oh, we can't go to my house. Not my house either. And they're like, what about the cemetery? And LeVar Burton's like, fuck yeah, man, it's Halloween. We're going to go try this shit out at the cemetery. Yo, I know this big old burial mound with something like pumpkin head or something buried there or something. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's there, I think. I think he's buried in there somewhere. Oh, sure. Some And again, somebody's pissing on Lionel's mom's grave. Yeah. Uncle Sam's killing a few punkers. Mm-hmm. Where to go to? The graveyard? <laughs> the graveyard, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there, there's some acid rain raining on some graves, and zombies are coming to yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Quigley's in there. She's naked, of course. Shocker. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's dancing on that sepulcher, man. I would love to visually map out this graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> What's stopping you? Top-down view. <laughs> there you go. Sp- spooky Halloween graveyard map. Maybe a giveaway for next year? Like, is it a, an amusement park map? There you go. <laughs> okay, well, we just passed uh, Night of the, uh, Return of the Living Dead. Uh, now we're going past uh, Brain Dead, and uh, there's Uncle Sam. Yeah, you are here. All right. And on your left, Dougie <laughs> Woolly with Satan Man. Poisoning candy. Big thumbs up. <laughs> Wave to them. It's Satan. Can't you tell with the gray uh, complexion? <laughs> no? Well, we're telling you it is. Wave, Satan. So kick up that fucking wolf man again. He's like, he's like, oh, wait, it's fucking Halloween night, so let's spin that motherfucking Wilson picket. <laughs> Midnight Hour kicks up TM. And there we go. Yeah. He's kind of yeah. like the, uh, the, I can't remember the title, but the, uh, the DJ and the Warriors, where she's like kind of addressing the plot and playing music that's, you know, relevant to whatever's happening. Or, uh, like in The Being, you know, Hell of a Storm. Oh, there you go. <laughs> hell of a Storm! Hell of a Storm. Whenever I think of like radio DJs in horror movies, I always think of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or Trick or Treat. Sure. They, they, they're definitely two memorable ones. Yeah. So they're walking through this graveyard, and they, like, come across the grave of, like, the serial killer, and... Yeah. I dig this. It, this reminded me of Night of the Creeps, because it was, like... A little bit, yeah. Because it was, like, oh, uh, my, you know, because my Mitch is, like, yeah, my dad put this guy away for killing, like, fucking six kids or some shit like that, and they gave him the fucking chair, and he's, like, yeah, your dad killed him. He's, like, my dad didn't kill him. He just sentenced him, sentenced him to death. The Scalari brothers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> the blue thing I got from her could you imagine kevin mccarthy in that scene oh my god i would love it (laughs) well he would just be the judge it would be fucking great dude yeah no it's already great but it might it might elevate it instead of a gavel he has like just like a glass of whiskey oh and he's just getting fucking shit hammered (laughs) yeah the fucking ghoulies pop out from behind his fucking his his uh bench so they're going through this box and they're pulling out all the uh costumes and shit and uh phil pulls out Uh, This little chest, and inside is a ring that has his family's crest on it again, and this scroll that's, like, sealed with, like, a wax seal on it. And he's like, oh, we we should return this, because, like, you know, this is some important historical shit. And LeVar Burton, without missing a beat, takes it out of his hand. He's like, oh, that's fucking cool. No, we're not giving that back. Let's read it. So he rips it open and starts, like, reciting this shit. Klaatu! (laughs) Yeah! But then Melissa ends up reading the entire thing. Yeah, it's a good gag because Phil's like, 
oh, you know, we shouldn't be doing that. And Cherie Belafonte's like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. I should, because it's my great-great-grandmother who is the fucking witch. And you put my entire family on blast at school today, so guess what? <laughs> I'm reading this whole thing, you <laughs> cocksucker. And she does. Yeah. And uh, no immediate results, so obviously nothing could have happened, right? Well, this is one of those, this is the first time shit kind of goes dark for a second, where it's like, oh, this is like a, this is like a serious thing, because like the whole, so far everything's been very like lighthearted and uh, funny and goofy, um, and right here we get one of those first things where it's like she's reciting this and everybody is scared to death <laughs> because she like, uh, she's reading it like really strange and then she like feigns like passing out and she's like, gotcha. No, she says, just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, just <laughs> taking a tip from fucking, uh, Boogity himself. He pops up in the corner like Dan Ford in from Mortal Kombat. Like, ha ha. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Boogity. <laughs> Boogity. Boogity. Boo. Yeah. It's Richard Master and he pops in. Yeah. Just kidding. Rubber eggs. <laughs> That's how you unlock Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the graveyard level, yeah. And John Aston, apparently. Well, he's the fucking, he's like the Babadook. He's like, yeah, he's a secret boss. Well, yeah, he, he would be in this MDU game. He'd be the toasty guy. Well, he's in the fucking, he was just in the basement where they got this trunk from. Yeah. The historical society. No, yeah, he was hanging out down there. Him and him and Clint Howard were cleaning up down there somewhere. Yeah. That's right. It's the historical, he's like down there, he's like, he's like, what are you, oh, well, no, wait, I'm not expecting you, as you were. <laughs> He's covered in cobwebs? Are you here to buy a house? No. Uh, all right, do what you want. I'm going to sell you this real nifty uh, skeleton switch that turns on your house lights. By the way, I'll be uh, in all of your houses later on some point tonight. Just <laughs> Don't mind me. Just idling. Yeah, hanging out in the shadows, as I do. So she recites this, and uh, the last line's like, Life to the dead, death to the living, demons arise. And then everybody's, you know, nothing happens. Arise, chicken, arise. <laughs> and they're like... <laughs> Phil's like, what are you guys doing? He's like, didn't anyone listen to a report today? And they all collectively are just like, no. No, who the fuck would do that? Yeah. <laughs> so, he's like, but if you read from the skull, the fucking the dead people and the zombies in hell will be unleashed on Earth. And they're like, oh, let's get out of here. And then, uh, cue thriller. And then the entire Butcherson clan rises from the dead. There you go. <laughs> that, now it's full circle. <laughs> Oh, man, it's so good. Like, okay, so we talked about this being, like, akin to, thr like, the Thriller music video and how they all come out of the ground and shit like that. And it's pretty fucking awesome, especially for a, a TV movie, because there's, it's, like, a pretty lengthy montage of, like, all of these zombies and shit, like, bursting out of the ground and, like, these big explosions of dirt and shit. I love this because at some point they cut to a mausoleum and inside are various zombie corpses just piled on top of each other like they just finished a night of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works, though. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it is a funny visual, I'll give you that, but I was like, what? Exactly. I was like, hold up, are you telling me this town just has one mausoleum? And you're like, all right, throw them in there, and they just pile on yeah. top of each other. The families don't care. They don't want any, you know, fuck it. Yeah, throw them in. We don't want to pay for it. We're saving a buck. And they they enter the scene by the door of this mausoleum just fucking exploding and they all just wander. <laughs> so good uh we get we get uh we get vernon nestor too that psycho killer that i was talking about and he fucking bursts out of his grave right and then uh lucinda cavendar herself comes out uh played by janelle allen in perfect condition by the way yeah a lot of these guys who are uh very dead are all in very preserved uh and then wolfman shows up and he's like i'm here too and then he runs away yeah i'm gonna launch out of a 
fucking mausoleum, <laughs> like, out of the top of it. Is that Lawrence Talbot? Is that who that is? <laughs> he was just, I was just taking a stroll, and then all hell broke loose. Lock me in a room and don't come in. Uh, also, Lucinda looks perfect because she's a vampire. So why wouldn't she? Apparently, right. And also a witch. Well, I think it's one of those things, in my personal opinion, where people thought she was a witch, and she, I mean, she does refer to herself as what I want to say, but I think it's just more so that she's just a vampire. Um, you get what I'm saying? No, she's, she's definitely the proprietor of this magic nonsense. Yeah, well, okay, sh- true. Yeah, and then with the context of, like, you know, the history of this town, like, or at least, like, the real-life witch trials, like, any... Out of the ordinary, like, you know, tomfoolery is like, <gasps> witch. And so, yeah, sure, vampirism. Why not? Yeah. Right. Oh, well, yeah. I, I guess you could even argue that Dracula is a kind of a magician in and of himself. Or a sorcerer, even. One would argue he's the greatest magician. Yeah. It's also the thing where it could be like, well, was she just minding her own business, and then they went after her, and then she cursed the town. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Could go either way. Like, some kind of, like, Haitian kind of, like, uh, I don't know, like, Bayou type of uh, New Orleans like voodoo shit. Maybe she's a briefcase full of snakes that's just gonna you know. <laughs> <laughs> she just she just says you gotta meet her at the burger joint or at the gas station. She's gonna ring your bell. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Vern Vern Nestor is f- totally full of voodoo snakes. Yeah, well, I could see it if uh, well, I was disappointed in Vern Nestor. I thought he was gonna be uh, have a bigger impact on this movie. Honestly, uh, that whole little arc which we'll get to, I'm so here for it like it's sure i love it yeah i i I don't dislike it i just expected a little more maybe i had higher expectations for Vern nester sure is he the ghoul that we keep seeing pop up who like kind of engages in lots of physical comedy because like i did kind of lose him in the in the oh no 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 that's that's a different one the one we're talking about when he pops out of his grave there's literally something like kill you or some shit spray painted on the fucking gravestone yeah He's like the mass. He's like the mass murderer guy, or the serial killer rather, that Mitch's dad put away. And then we get this last one, which again doesn't really make any sense to me. But it's 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 a zombie that's in perfect condition. It's this girl, Sandy, mm-hmm. played by Jonah Lee, in this uh, cheerleader's outfit. But she looks fine. Not a zombie in a traditional in the traditional sense. No, she's more like one of those. Um... Japanese ghosts that can come back and they're corporeal. Yeah, but if you like, but if you like, you know, shine like a, a candlelight on them, they turn to fucking bones. She she is the uh, Marilyn in the zombie group. Put it that way. I kind of liken her to like a a highway ghost, where oh, people are like, oh, I saw a girl in a white dress and she just looked like she needed help. Blah blah blah. Oh, maybe for sure. Yeah, no, she's but she's like that kind of trope of like. Oh, the the girl from the 50s who was, right. like, you know, driving with her boyfriend and crash into a tree or whatever because they were in a race. Yeah. Exactly. It threw me for a loop at first because I was a little confused. I was like, we didn't meet this character, right? And I was, like, thinking about it for a minute. But then when I realized that no zombie was going after her, I was like, oh, okay, this is, like, a little different. All right. My first thought was, like, man, she that means she just died. She's probably hella confused. Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we come to find out that she's completely cognizant of what's happening. Yeah, she... she yes. <laughs> later, she's like, oh, man, again? Like... It's almost time. The secret code is ghoulish tales send us a direct message on your favorite social media app for a chance to win this week's trigger trash giveaway again the secret code is ghoulish tales and remember kids the clock is ticking don't miss it
Uh, real quick, before we cut, um, there's this big explosion, and this giant tree falls down, and then this little man crawls out. Oh my god, I love this guy. Yeah, uh, his, he's... He's credited as Elf in this movie, which I think is kind of fucked oh, up. Oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, but he's played by Joe Gieb, who uh, I, I told you I was going to bring the Manitou back, but he plays, like, when the Manitou first comes out of the woman in uh, in the movie, he it's played by a little person, and it's this guy in the makeup. He's also in The, the Howling Five, and he's in Trilogy of Terror 2 as well. So I thought that was kind of a neat little thing. Huh. And he gets a lot of screen time in this. Yeah. Yeah, I like his makeup because it always makes him look cross and, like, annoyed with what's happening. And he just looks like he's constantly looking for a way to alleviate that. Yeah. <laughs> he's got some good gags, dude. Yeah, he's like, I'm so fucking annoyed. Like, and then, and then we kind of go to... Phil's house. His dad opens the door and he's like, ah, trick or treaters. He's like, oh, here you go. Take as much candy as you want because I'm a dentist. So eat it all. Yeah, he wants more patience. Exactly. Yeah, he's like... He's like, I wish Halloween was every day so I could make a bunch of money, rot kids' teeth out. Extra legally. Is this where we see, for the first time, this this very bizarre, to me at least, uh, costume that Phil has on? Yeah. It's weird, because Phil's like, okay, everybody, close your eyes, I'm coming down. Like, he's fucking, like, like he's a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> Or boy, and you know, yeah, but yeah, sure, I guess. I, I I don't get this costume. What is he supposed to be? Dracula and loving it? Cyber Cyber Dracula? It's like Count Ziggy Stardust. Like I don't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> he takes like a pom pom and puts it on his head. And as the film progresses, he is just itching his fucking head the entire time. <laughs> it's just like, where did you get this from? It's a fucking David Bowie vampire. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you win. It's David Bowie vampire. Yeah, for sure. It's v- Vlad Stardust. There you go. <laughs> this is Transylvania to ground control. <laughs> <laughs> But they're not they're they're not impressed at all, and he's like, "Oh, come on, guys!" Well, because they have the same reaction we do. Like, what the fuck are you? Yeah, but his sister's like, "Dude, too rude, man. That's <laughs> awesome." <laughs> A little confidence boost. So that's it. And then like it, we get some shots of like the ghouls coming into the city, and then uh, we get in, we get introduced into to this one particular ghoul um, <laughs> who comes in. I. Love this dude, okay? This dude's physical performance is fantastic because, like, one, he's doing his zombie shuffle, but he's also got one of the newspapers from earlier, um, and, like, trick-or-treaters are bumping him over and, like, he's nearly falling over, but the whole time, he's just trying to aggressively open this newspaper. And and Phil, like, hits him with his car, and mind you, his car is, like, some 1950s, like, a uh, cruiser of some kind, and he's like, "Oh, oh, geez, oh, oh, are you okay, man?" And the and the fucking zombies like, you know, pantomiming in his direction, all pissed off. I'm walking here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I if I hit a guy with my car and his reaction is to just like be kind of annoyed and just walk away, I would be extremely alarmed. <laughs> I want to keep tabs on that guy the rest of the night. It's so strange too because this guy's this particular zombie is played by uh, Mark Blankenfield, and I'm almost positive it's him. But he was in an episode of Tales from the Dark Side called "The Bitterest Pill," where he like invents this fucking pill that lets you um, recall all of your memories and like information. So it's like makes you super super smart. Huh. It's a really good episode. But anyway. Now is this where he bumps into Sandy also? I think it's like either right after this scene or It's after this. We go to we go to Mitch's house and we get motherfucking Kevin McCarthy, dude. Yeah. My God. Like 
you don't even get a chance to breathe before he's already kicking your door down. His mouth is full of the scenery. Yeah, if he wasn't a raging drunk, I'd be on his side because he's right. His son's an asshole for stealing this. Oh, for sure. But put the fucking bottle down. Kevin McCarthy, by the way, fucking Ghoulies 3, Twilight Zone the movie. Those are my two favorite flicks that he's in. UHF. Well, I, I, I love the fact that he's drunk in this because, like, yeah, his son's an idiot and, you know, did the bad thing. But, like... The way he's reacting to it, he's like, "You'll hang for this. I won't cover for you. Ah, you'll burn right. forever." <laughs> <laughs> I'm the judge. You're making me look bad. He's like, "Oh, what do you think? You can just run around the fucking town and do whatever the fuck you want? Because I'll save you. Fuck you." He's like, "Shut up when you're talking to me." Like it's a cardinal sin. Like they'll never recover from this public, you know, scandal. You stole everything from the museum, didn't you? If you get caught, I'm gonna get you. You stole that pilgrim outfit in the blunderbuss. I saw you. <laughs> but like, what if you spill mustard on it? Like, how you getting that out? You're not. Do they have a dry cleaner in fucking Pitchfork or Pitchville, whatever the fuck it is? Well, then you're really found out. If you attempt to wash that outfit, it will disintegrate, okay? If that's the same. <laughs> exactly. That's my whole thing. It'll be about the size that you could put it on a doll at that point. Yeah. At least LeVar Burton's not wearing any of this, like, historical garments. No, LeVar Burton wraps himself in toilet paper, it looks like, <laughs> and then has the bright fucking idea to put ketchup and uh, mustard on his, on his shirt, and me and my... Me and my girlfriend are watching it, and we're like, Jesus, that's going to smell so fucking bad in, like, five minutes. That was the only thing I could think of, is, like, you're going to smell like old fast food in, like, 45 minutes. So Mitch fucking leaves his dad's house, and these trick-or-treaters come up, and they're like, trick-or-treat! And he's like, trick, you fuckers! <laughs> right. And then Mitch goes and picks up LeVar Burton. But we got to kick up that fucking wolf man again, dude. He keeps popping his head in. He's like, it's me, the wolf man. Give her a love bite, because it's Halloween night tonight. All right, all right. Here's some more music for the movie. While this is happening, we do get that scene where uh, uh, Phil, he sees Sandy, and he's, like, talking to her, and she's, you know, firing off all this 50s lingo, and he's, like, taking a backpack, like, huh, fuzz. He he has a fucking daydream that he's, like, making out with her, and she's like, hey, uh, yeah. He, he, <laughs> She's like, what are you doing cruising around in fucking stupid, that stupid face? And he's like, oh, this, this is for cruising, this is for Halloween. And he's like, oh, you know, are you new here? Like, I've never seen you here because you obviously don't go to our school. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a transfer. So that links up to, right. you know, the lady in the dentist chair before. But she means, I'm a transfer from the afterlife. Yeah, from the other side. Yeah. I'm from a different dimension of reality. <laughs> And he's like, all right, well, we're having a party at the Cavender house. And she's like, yeah, I know what it is. It's spooky. And he's like, all right, well, uh, if you want to come hang out, we'll I'll be there. Bye. And she's like, see ya. And she goes on her little side venture. We fucking slam cut to LeVar Burton opening a refrigerator and, like, eating cake with his fingers. Well, right, and this is where he pours fucking ketchup all over his chest. He fucking sprays. He's, like, covered in cheesecloth, and he sprays ketchup all over himself and then smashes a fucking egg on his chest. Oh, that's what it is, an egg, not mustard. I, I have a headcanon that he is just, like, blitzed out of his fucking mind the whole movie, that he just, like, smoked the fattest <laughs> joint right before leaving the house. Well, you know, he, he got teleported back in time with with Baldwin and the rest, and he forgot what he was supposed to do. And he had a few yes. years here where he was a uh, he went to he went back to high school because he never really got an education in the future. No, 
And, uh, you know, no one ever questioned it, even though he looked older than all the students. Yeah, he, he hasn't hit his bad hat phase yet. I became a mutant who hunts other mutants because I smoked pot in high school. Because <laughs> I poured ketchup <laughs> on my shirt like a fucking moron. The choices I made led to this moment, Baldwin. And then he goes blind, and then he joins fucking Starfleet. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes back home to be killed by Malcolm McDowell <laughs> for no reason, really. For a second, I thought you were talking about Star Trek Generations, and I was like, that didn't happen in that movie. Like... <laughs> No, the next generation. No, wait, Malcolm McDowell was in Generations with uh, fucking, yeah, with Shatner. Oh, yeah, he was. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was like, that didn't that didn't happen in that movie. In the MDU, it happened, so. So he comes out, and Mitch is picking him up. He's like, check it out, man, I'm a mummy. And he's like, you look like a fucking delicatessen. What are you, what are you <laughs> doing? That's a $5 word. <laughs> if this was Scrabble, I'd be winning. This is such a weird thing, too, because they, because they, they crank up the music again, and then it, like, cuts to Kevin McCarthy again, and he's just, like, drunk raging in his house. Yeah. And he, like, smashes his fucking clock, and he's like, ah, oh, fucking noise, fucking kids, and their loud music. And they do this thing where it's like, you see this all the time, where it's like the one, uh person in in the marriage just is like screaming and ranting and the other person just is sitting there quietly and of course his wife is just sitting there knitting not saying a word while he's ranting and raving he, he you know what he's gonna get tomorrow morning that fucking razor blade apple pie is what he's getting well that's what he would have been getting but unfortunately <laughs> uh he meets his end by his former adversary up by the garbage can dude this arc is sad like uh yeah this is where this like for a while this movie has been like, you know, spooky, but not dark or mean or, you know, truly a horror no. film. And then suddenly, like, the the town judge, father of one of the main characters, is assaulted and murdered in his backyard. He's like, he takes out the garbage and it, like, explodes. And then, like, the zombie of the serial killer that he put away and, like, sent to death, like, strangles him to death. Yeah. In his backyard. And they, uh, they, they show it through the shadow, which I'm assuming is because it was made for TV. They probably couldn't show that on camera. Well, sure. Uh, but it looks cool. Either way. No, it's fucking, it's great. And, like, he gets his comeuppance, but then, like, well, we'll get to it, but, like, it, that, like, the end of this arc is very, like, tragic. <laughs> And then we're fucking, we're popping off. We're getting spooky at a fuck at the at the fucking Cavender Mansion, dude. Yeah, there there's got to be a hundred people in this place. Um, one of my favorite things in this scene. So we're panning all around this fucking mansion and like everybody's partying. But one of my favorite things that we need to do is get a giant coffin and fill it with popcorn. Yeah, yeah. We can even uh, have a zombie in there and like picking it up with their hands. And no one's saying anything. <laughs> Once uh, we're allowed to, like, you know, get together in a real way and, like, share the same food and eat and drink out of the same cup again, we're doing that. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you mean you mean risk eating from a giant fucking box of, you know, exposed <laughs> yes, food? A box of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get COVID? Ah, I went to a party that had popcorn in a coffin. I just stuck my fucking whole hand in there and took a bite. Yep, everyone everyone was just reaching for it. I shared it with a zombie, and I got COVID. <laughs> I got it from the zombie, I think, honestly. <laughs> I got it from a zombie who was killed by COVID. He had it before he died. But everyone's there having a good time, and, you know, Phil comes in, and he keeps trying to hit on Mary. Yeah. Because, uh, well, at first, Mary's not going to be there because, she's oh, she had to watch her kid brother. And then she shows up. 
in this outfit that she calls uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, I called bullshit right away. I was like, did you think the Bride of Frankenstein was the same person who then taunted Ebenezer Scrooge about his misdoings? Like, <laughs> why do you have all of those chains? <laughs> the fucking, the ghoul comes to the door and, like, Cherie Sh- Belafonte, like, lets him in. And she's like, oh, how you doing? Glad right. you can make it. And he's like, duh. And then, you know, Lucinda shows up and the and the midget zombie shows up and feels like that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that's a high schooler. A junior high schooler. <laughs> yeah, ju- that was Oh man. Up. Yeah, junior high. <laughs> Phil's eating this fucking popcorn. Or yeah, like Sean said, Mary shows up and like totally snubs him. And he's like, yeah, I guess I'll go fuck myself. Right, and then he goes over by the popcorn. This is where the zombie comes in and full f- double fists the fucking popcorn. <laughs> he's like, popcorn, good! Popcorn! <laughs> I love the idea of, a, of, of, like, a zombie coming back to life, like, in this crowd of, like, you know, evil revenge-seeking creatures. He's like, no, party! <laughs> just, like, finds a place having a party. It's like Homer Simpson just trying to read the newspaper, or get some food, have a beer, maybe. Just trying to live a day, like... <laughs> Well, Connor, not every, not all of these ghouls are back to kill people. Some of them just want to do the things they couldn't do in life, like boogie the fuck down, you know, eat popcorn out of a coffin. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Make out with another zombie, possibly. Or be extremely horny. Get that fucking rotten dick wet? Maybe. You know, they saw, you know, dead alive in life, and they said, what the hell, now that we're back from the dead, let's give it a shot. Gramps is in the back dancing with a bunch of girls. If Granny and Gramps can get it on, why not us? <laughs> We go to Melissa and Mary. Uh, basically, Melissa's putting the makeup on Mary to kind of look her more like Bride of Frankenstein. So she puts like a stitch mark on her neck and she does her hair up to kind of be like the punk uh, 80s just, version, I guess, kind of. She's just she's just like a punker and she's like trying. Okay, so just real quick. She's trying to get with this other dude that's like dressed like Frankenstein at the party and completely blowing off Phil. Yeah. Well, right. That's her whole goal. And then out of nowhere, like as if she came through the window, a Lucinda standing there, like, you know, behind them. And, uh, you know, she she kind of c- approaches uh, Melissa and she's like, oh, I had a uh, dress like that before. And she's like, huh, OK. Like start- she's like trying to ignore her, even though they look very similar, which I got to say, uh, good job on the casting for this, because I kind of bought it that this was her great, great, great grandmother. No, totally. She's great. We we get into Vicky's at the party as a quote unquote chaperone, like Miss Vicky. <laughs> and and she's dressed like fucking David Bowie. This was so bizarre. Why would this ever happen? I don't know. Why She's just like there hanging out with. I mean, yes, these people are real in real life. Thirty somethings. But like. These kids are supposed to be in high school, right. and she's like, yeah, I'm a chaperone, and the chaperone says, get me some wine, motherfucker. You're going to jail. You would be fired immediately. So Melissa, well, that's not the worst thing she does tonight. So Melissa goes downstairs to get some wine from the cellar, or she's, she gets wine from the cellar, and uh, Vicky's just like boozing it up, fucking dancing around with her friend. Right. Um, and then real quick, we cut to that asshole... With his dogs walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, to remind us that Wolfman's still in the movie. Yeah, and we're like, oh yeah, remember the Wolfman? He's back. Right, we get that Wolfman vision from American Werewolf in Paris. We get a little <laughs> bit of that for a second. This is, again, where the fucking movie goes super dark because this werewolf bursts out of like the dentist's office window and just mauls this guy to death. 
And he's like rubbing him around on the ground and shit. In an elongated scene, mind you. Dude, he eats this guy for like a solid 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, thrashing him all over the sidewalk. And then like his dogs run off and shit. And he like turns into a werewolf and becomes a werewolf. Werewolf bar mitzvah. Spooky scare. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, redneck guy's a werewolf. <laughs> Night watchman, you as a werewolf. Hey, at least he doesn't need glasses anymore. He takes them off immediately as soon as he transforms. <laughs> he fucking Peter Parker's them right off his face. He's like, oh, I could see. I can s- I can see. <laughs> All my troubles are over. I'm a werewolf now. He was having the best night out of anybody for a while. <laughs> so then we cut back to the party and like, there's this funny gag where like Paul's like completely defeated, or Phil's like completely defeated, and he's like filling up some punch and like the little guy, the little zombie's like watching him. And then as soon as Paul's done, the little the little zombie starts drinking out of the bowl, like out of the punch bowl. Like, lapping it up. Yeah, like, sticks his face in there. Yeah, he sticks his face in it. It's like licking the ladle. Thank God, though, that uh, Satan Man wasn't there pouring Drano in, because that would have been the end of Phil. Well, that, I think, you know what? Drano probably fucks those zombies up good and kills everybody mm. else. Yeah, I could see that. You know, like, but fucks them up in the sense of, like, they're just drunk off it. Yeah, yeah. More Drano. <laughs> just pour it down the gullet. <laughs> it's like they're fucking... That's the hard stuff, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drano is zombie tequila. <laughs> zombie tequila. They're drinking brake fluid and shit. <laughs> yeah, fucking... Uh, What's-his-face is there? Uh, gutter Boy's there. Yeah, from yeah from the Wraith. He's like, yeah, man, you want to fucking... You want to hit this fucking WD-40, man? Or what? <laughs> He's just hanging out with a zombie. They're getting fucked up on, like, all this weird shit. It's just like him and Suicide from Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be great. This is a fucking costume, man. It's a way of life. <laughs> so, so yeah, so so like Sean said, Lucinda pops in and she's like, where'd you get that dress? And she's like, I found it. Bye. Let me borrow that top. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it looks so good. And is this where a teacher's like, hey, more wine. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, there's a problem, Melissa. And she's like, oh my god, what? She's like, the chaperone's out of wine. David Bowie requests more wine. What? Chaperones. I just want to clarify that you're you're just at a party. This isn't like you you went on buses somewhere. Like you're just at some fucking party that high schoolers are having. What chaperones are we talking about? That's her cover, dude. Like if somebody comes, like who? What are you doing here? You're like 35. Uh, I'm a chaperone. I guess you smell like booze, lady. Why are you fucking that teenager kid? <laughs> She's like, I'm 35. They're 35. Why would you even waste your goddamn time? Just go to the fucking liquor. <laughs> store and buy a bottle of wine and just hang out at home why are you hanging out with high schoolers you creep because melissa has the old fucking cavender house dude and she has this incredible wine cellar full of like old vintage dude oh so she wants the freebies is that what you're telling me oh yeah she wants the good stuff she's not fucking around she's not gonna go fuck around with no mad dog 2020 tonight baby yeah that's true i hadn't i hadn't thought about it that way (laughs) but will it be red or white joe it's definitely going to be red it all depends upon your appetite, man. And uh, Lucinda wants some fucking blood. Yeah. Because she goes down there, Melissa, to get the wine. And, you know, nobody even tries to help her. But then, like Joe just kind of implied, Lucinda's there. Uh, This whole sequence is fucking amazing. Oh, dude, it's so good. Because right when she walks downstairs, uh, how soon is now? But Smith's kicks in. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> um, It's fucking awesome. It's so out of place, though, for this. It is, because it seems... It, it it feels more contemporary than it actually is, just because, one, the way it's shot, right. and two, the way it sounds. Because uh, at some point, the score is then, like, kind of 
mashing up with the guitar from the Smith song. But yeah, this is very extended and gets kind of really artsy and surreal for a couple seconds, too. It get it gets sensual, dude. So it's all slow-mo, and like Lucinda grabs uh, Cherie Belafonte, and, you know, she bites her. But you don't—that's the thing. They You can't do a lot of gore on t- TV, so what they do here is, like, you see them struggling, but it's kind of, like, in shadow. And then all of these wine bottles start fucking popping open with this red blood, and it's just shooting everywhere. Yeah, they're horny. They're horny wine bottles. Oh, yeah, man. They just pop. Some of them are actually jumping off the shelf and just shattering the floor, too. That was the first thing I saw. I was I was like, that is fucking awesome. It's fucking cool, dude. It's one of the best sequences of the movie. Waste of goddamn good wine, though. Well, that too, yeah. My dad's gonna kill me if I use something really <laughs> old that's actually worth something. Lucinda has this great, like, speech here, too. And I didn't, like, type it out or anything, so I don't remember exactly what she says. Sure. But it's like, she has this whole thing about, like, the eternal thirst and the only, it can only be quenched by the blood of life or some shit like that. I don't know. It's really cool. It's some. It's pretty neat. It's really well written. One thing I did think was a little odd, though, they make a whole point about, okay, she's, you find out she's a vampire in this scene. Because uh, before that, she's looking at her neck when she's up there doing the makeup. And now you see the fangs and she bites her like, like we just talked about. But from this point on, her, her face is all blue. And it's like, if, if you wanted to do that the whole time, like, why wasn't it already blue? I thought that was a little odd, in my opinion. Well, also, like, why are you, you know, not pale, full of life, and colorful before you drink a bunch of blood? Right! Like, maybe if there were, if it was the reverse, I could maybe kind of buy it a little more. Yeah, it's an odd visual choice. It's kind of a nitpicky thing. I just wanted to point that out, because it, it, it drove me a little nuts. No, I noticed it, too, because then, like, uh... What's her face is also pale. I'm like, okay, that would make sense for a new vampire, but then sure, and it's also a good indicator for the audience to know who is a vampire. <laughs> Mitch is like, hey, uh, v- Miss Vicky just gave me bedroom eyes. I'm gonna go try to fuck a whelp. See you later, Phil boy. Yeah. At one point, he cuts in like on her dancing with like whoever she brought to the party, and is like fucking yucking it up with her. He's just maxing to the teach, and she's like, yep, I'm about it, and he like starts nuzzling her neck and shit and she's like i just had seven glasses of wine she's like keep the 400 year old pilgrim outfit on (laughs) (laughs) just that you ever see david bowie fuck a pilgrim here we go (laughs) now try getting cum out of the fucking the outfit let alone mustard that ain't ever coming out no way man well we all know what happened to fucking shakes uh wig so yes we do they bring it back the historical society like what did you do to this thing (laughs) it's all wrinkly and like there's like splotches of like white no he just puts it back and people are looking at it later and there's this huge cum shot right on the fucking front of it there's like ketchup it smells like weed protein stains (laughs) (laughs) there's a smash tag on it i love it okay that I need. Like, after all the shenanigans happen. I don't! At all! No, it's funny as hell to me, because, like, after all the shenanigans happen and everything kind of, like, goes back to normal, like, but the costumes still have all the shit from all night, like, on them, back on the mannequins. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that would be kind of funny, actually. So Mitch goes and fucks the teacher, and then, like, Melissa comes back, and she's a vampire, and she's like, all right, LeVar Burton, you've been trying to fuck me all night. Here we go. And he's like, this is it, man, Phil, I'm doing it! So he fucks off <laughs> and then feels like, shit, man, I can't get a break. Well, at, at, at some point in between there, LeVar Burton, because the whole time at the party, LeVar Burton's trying to kiss Melissa yeah. and this, that, and the other thing, and she wants nothing to do with him. And then when she gets bit, he she's all on top of LeVar Burton, and he's all excited. And then he gets bit, 
Yeah, but that doesn't happen yet. There's like this whole backstory with like Sandy and she, you know, she's like, this used to be my house, but my dog's house and all this shit and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, we don't know what you're talking about, lady. Get out of here. And then, you know, you're right. Because then there's also a scene where Phil, he keeps scratching his head and LeVar Burton's like, get rid of that thing. And he leaves and, and he takes the, the wig off and he meets up with Sandy kind of all concurrently while this is going on. Yeah. Um, but she basically, so Sandy basically tells, because cause Phil gets pissed off because everybody's fucking at the party, so that's why he leaves and then finds Sandy. Right. But uh, after all that, all, they, they go around and they're talking and shit, and then like at some point, she's like, oh yeah, I won't be around for long, and he's like, what do you mean? He's like, what, are you going to kill yourself? And she's like, no, you idiot. She's It's the part of the curse that I'm going to tell you about in five minutes. Been there, done that. <laughs> fucking negative Nancy, what's wrong with you? <laughs> So they're driving in Phil's car. She's like, is that your dad's? He's like, no, it's mine. She's like, all right, cool. Let's go cruising. She pulls up to this <laughs> fucking, like, 84 Camaro, and they're like, they're like, oh, let's race him. And he's like, are you fucking nuts? <laughs> She's like, let's drag, man. Blow him off. I love the idea of, like, a, a, a sweet girl from the 50s coming back with, like, fucking party on, man. <laughs> um... This is all I want to hap every, happen every Halloween, right? Crack that fucking <laughs> sc that scroll open, Sandy comes back, and you just have a wild night. You know, Clint Howard comes out. All right, you, you're racing for your car. If you lose, you lose your car. All right? But no, that doesn't happen, because, like, even the guy next to them is revving his engine. But as soon as the light turns green, Phil books it down the road, and this guy doesn't even move. Well, she has powers or something, because she, like, closes her eyes and, like, holds onto the dash and, like, soups it up with, like, ghost powers or some shit yeah yeah and, th and then after that she's really turned on she's like ah let's go to lookout point and drag he's like yeah i don't think there's gonna be anybody up there drag racing i hate to break it to you <laughs> he's like she's like i want to get an ice cream soda from the malt shop and he's like a what look this girl know what she's about and she's making the best of her time okay she's like what i got like four hours all right she's like we're gonna do everything <laughs> i want to drag race i want to eat ice cream and fuck in that order all relatable goals that sounds yeah Sure. <laughs> yes. We cut back to the mansion, and there's just a fucking monster orgy going on. Everybody is fucking everybody and licking fucking zombie mouths and asses and shit. Yeah. Mary shows up, and she's like, oh, where's Phil? You know, he's my friend. I could talk to him. And Sherry's like, he went home. She's like, why? He's like, because you wouldn't talk to him. She's like, son of a bitch. And then this is where Sherry uh, bites LeVar. He becomes a vampire. And then, you know, we got more, like, Sandy shit of her being like, oh, this used to be a mall shop, but now it's a five-movie theater house or whatever. Um, and she does this weird thing where uh, she turns, like, newspapers into pom-poms and starts, like, cheering. It's bizarre because Phil has no reaction to this. He's like, that was magic, but okay. All right. You want to dance with me? Because I love this song. Yeah. Also, is this where there's the extremely awkward, long, uninterrupted shot of the uh, the roof of the car slowly closing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's like, all right, let's go to lookout point now. And he's like, oh, or nothing happens there. She's like, well, maybe something will. Wink, wink. You got a bonus now or what? So he's like, all right. So they go up there and uh, they're they're getting all hot and heavy and shit. And like the top goes over it. And she's like, come on, let's get in the back seat and fuck it. He's like, all right, geez. She's like, I got to make the best of tonight. And our friend, the fucking Wolfman, just happens to be in the neighborhood because he jumps up on top of this gazebo and then just, like, rips the top open of this fucking car. Werewolf bar mitzvah. And then he just... 
fucking shows up to trash the car. So they, they shake him off and, like, kick him into the fucking lake or whatever's nearby. I love that at this point, if the Toxic Avengers showed up to just, like, fucking rip people's heads off, it would just fit right along with everything else happening. <laughs> And then, like, we cut to the police station. They're like, "Dude, there was a." They, they, they're talking to Kurtwood Smith, and he's like, "He's like, oh, wait, what do you, you so you saw a fucking werewolf, huh?" Well, he's got claw marks down going down his <laughs> arm, so I guess he could have faked it. I mean, everybody's freaking out. Like, at, it's like killer clowns. Where everybody's calling in about the clowns. People are like, but, "Okay." So, w- one of the deputies rolls up, and he's like, "Okay, so we got a guy who turned into a fucking bat and flew out of his house, and his wife." Doesn't know where he went. We got three fucking werewolves knocking over a liquor store. We got zombies in the fucking movie theater. The walls of the 32nd precinct are bleeding. Three- <laughs> <laughs> I talked to... What was that fucking... Oh, I, I can't remember. Name. Yeah, he's like, I talked to blah, 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 and he's been dead for a decade. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been dead 20 for years. 20 years. <laughs> Get me the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> They're all eating Chinese food in the in the firehouse. He's like, "There's vandalism at the graveyard, and you, if you think last year was bad, we got we got graves dug up, bodies missing." I'm like, and all these guys are like, or or uh, Kurtwood Smith is like, "Yeah, that's some bullshit." And I'm like, "Dude, if you have dead bodies missing from the fucking graveyard, like you're just gonna not go check that out." Happy Halloween, jerkoffs. Yeah, he keeps saying that to uh, Phil because he thinks he's bullshitting him about everything. He's like, yeah, you filed the police report. Happy Halloween. Now get the fuck out. Can you fly, Phil? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Throws him out the window. No, that doesn't happen. But uh, <laughs> this is where Phil basically breaks the sand. He's like, all right, I got I got to come clean. I op- Me and my friends opened a, sc- a scroll and released hell onto our town. And she's like, <gasps> the ritual worked? Like, the dead are coming back to life, and some of them are, like, out to kill, but some of them fall in love, you know, like like me. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's going over my head, even over this mullet. <laughs> he's like, but it's supposed to be the demons of hell. And she's like, yeah, you know, like werewolves and vampires. He's like, he's like, say that slower. I'm at a fifth grade reading level. That's why I'm still in high school. <laughs> Phil, listen to me. We got to make the seal... To seal that fucking parchment up, we gotta go get the bones from your ancestor and a wax candle from his crypt, and we gotta seal that fucking scroll with that ring that fucking Mitch has on his finger. Yeah! Why? Okay, Phil, why are you giving your, your precious family memento to your buddy just for his stupid costume? To be fair, Mitch fucking just takes it out of his hand, and Phil's just like a fucking wet paper towel, man. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's so funny, because Phil's like, how do you know all this stuff, by the way? And she's like... Uh, well, I heard it once. I used to be a dream warrior. (laughs) (laughs) That happened in another movie. That's the prequel that's coming. Yeah. And she's like, we need to do it before the midnight hour, TM, before everything stays evil or whatever. Before 11 o'clock Eastern. (laughs) Eastern Standard Time. This is for the trailer. We're like a suicide squad or something. (laughs) The midnight hour. Here we go. What, are we some kind of midnight hour? While that song plays (laughs) over it. So they're like, okay, we got a great plan. We're going to do all of this. So Phil also grabs like a rifle out of the guy's truck who turns into the werewolf. Right, right. And and the judge, Kevin McCarthy, fucking, his car fucking comes speeding around a corner and hits a fucking lamppost. Oh, right. And almost yeah. hits them. It, it almost fucking pins him against his car, but Sandy grabs him at the last second and like pulls him out of the way. Yeah, he's like, oh, fucking, uh, is that Judge Crandall's son of a bitch? He better have insurance. 
<laughs> and he rolls the window down. And he's a fucking zombie. And then he just speeds off into the night. <laughs> yeah. I just want to let you know that I'm one of the undead now. Bye. He's just like, hey, 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 see ya, fuckers. Kevin McCarthy somehow looking creepier than he ever has before. Oh, it's great. And you, you know what? His makeup's one of the worst makeups in the movie, but it's fine because it's Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> I also like that, like, when he becomes a zombie, his goal as a zombie is just, like, I'm gonna get drunk and beat the shit out of my kid, just like when I was alive. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> that's why that's so fucking sad to me, dude. So this is where we get, we get, we go back to the mansion and Cherie does her, uh, her dance number, uh, and sings it as well, called Get Dead. This is kind of catchy, I liked it. Uh, I fucking love it, okay? It is the most 80s poppycock fucking Halloween bullshit you'll ever hear. I love it so much. It's like, it's a thriller knockoff straight up. There's like a whole dance and everything. And these fucking ghouls are grooving. Yeah, they all know the moves. It's amazing. Yeah, it's re- they're all synchronized. It's 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 impressive. That's literally just there to kind of insert there because we, we go back to uh, Phil and he's like at his house and he's like melting down silver and like dipping bullets into them to like silver tip the bullets to like kill the werewolves. Right. You know, it, cool to prepare for that, but like, what about the rest of the uh, the hellish hordes that are on? <laughs> yeah, the zombies, the witch... The vampires. So he's like, I got the silver bullets. What about the stakes? What about the guns? What about the machine? Like, where's the rest of your shit, Phil? The garlic. Yeah. I guess I guess the werewolf is the big threat, right? Because all the zombies, they can just, like, run around. Sure. Unless they're driving a car, like Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> well, w- Wolfman's, like, the friend of the friend that got invited to the party you don't know, and he shows them and just starts trashing the place. <laughs> He's the he's the one that you have to put down because he's going to cause the most damage, right? You pull someone and say, you go, who the fuck is that guy and who invited him? Like, I What I think is that Phil is so pissed off at the Wolfman because he fucking <laughs> cock-blocked him. And he's like, you're going down, Wolfman. You're fucking dead. He disregards the zombies and the vampire. <laughs> just to go kill the Wolfman. <laughs> oh, Phil, you saved us. Oh, I was just really angry at this guy. What are you even doing here? I don't even know. <laughs> Who are you? I was finally going to get laid and he ruined it. Do you know how hard it is to get a date in this town? He stole her stealing my virginity and I would never let that go. (laughs) It also ruined her night too, right? Because she only has that one night. Yeah. Her night's like five hours. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? She's taking it way better than he is. So we cut back to the mansion again. And again, like Sean said, like, you know, we cut back and forth. But I wanted to kind of say it in the chronology of it because a lot of shit happens here to kind of prepare us for like the quote-unquote like final battle or whatever right so there's this scene where sheree takes uh mitch to the roof and she's like trying to seduce him she's like yeah fuck lavar burton he's she's like i want you and he's like wait a minute wait a minute lady that's my best friend there you're talking about she's like well guess what i'm still gonna try to fuck in he's like all right i guess i'll do it or whatever so she goes to bite him and Mary like pops in. She's like, she's like, hey, what are you guys doing on the roof here? Um, and immediately uh, Kevin McCarthy comes zooming around the fucking corner and crashes into the house like in his car. And Mary's like, oh, shit, is that your dad? He's probably drunk as fuck. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, I got to go get this fucking guy. T- time to go fist fight dad. Yeah. Oh, my. And this is the sad part, because like. This, if, like, what if Kevin McCarthy wasn't a zombie, and he was just, like, when you think of it that way, he's just a drunk going after his son? He's not dead, he's just in Halloween makeup, like. (laughs) (laughs) He's like Bill Murray from fucking Zombieland. He's just like, they'll think I'm a zombie and I'll get away with it. (laughs) And he fucking kills a bottle of wild, that's why his makeup's so bad. 
He buys a, he like kills a bottle of wild turkey and just rubs like fucking uh, a fireplace soot all over his face and he's like I'm a zombie and he he oversees his own trial is like well I see myself as innocent because I was a zombie clearly and now I'm better. <laughs> Everybody's tied up and has like tape over their mouth and he's just like hitting the gavel. He's like all right adjourned I yeah, win me. <laughs> <laughs> he takes another swig. I killed my boy, but it wasn't me. Was an accident. It's like Bucky and the Winter Soldier, the two people. <laughs> it's, 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 the Red Book, all that shit. You know how it goes. Yeah, Mitch runs up, and they have this like short little confrontation that uh, was about to get real nasty uh, when I thought that uh, Dad was gonna brain his son with a rock. He fucking whoops his ass. Kevin McCarthy like throws him like over the fucking car, and then like. He's like, hey, son, I'm back. And, and like, like I, ain't, I ain't been a judge my whole life. Get over here, boy. <laughs> he fucking, he has this rock that he's going to smash his fucking head in with. And it, like, goes through his back window. He ends up, like, getting on top of his son and choking him and breaking his neck. And, like, you hear it and see it and everything. And then, like, he's just laying, like, he's like, ha-ha. And he fucking runs away. And the camera pulls, pans down and, like, uh, he the, the kid is just laying there, or the man rather, <laughs> is laying man. there with just like blood running out of his mouth. Yeah, and that blood would uh, be on those clothing when they brought it back and put it on the mannequin, so people can walk by and go like, "There's Mitch's blood. There's Lavar's <laughs> ketchup. There's the piss stain <laughs> and the eggs." It's just like a. It's just like a sad ending to that arc because it's like this guy obviously has problems with his dad throughout the whole movie and he's like an alcoholic and he's also the judge and abusive and then he fucking kills his son and it's just like, oh, well, we didn't. Yeah, well, he kills his son the same way he was murdered. It's like a weird sin to the father kind of thing where like, you know, dad was strangled to death by a zombie and then dad becomes a zombie and strangles his kid to death. Yeah, 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 exactly. I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's dark. It's way darker than it has any right to be. Yeah. But I guess you got to turn him into a zombie for this last act to work. Sure. And then, we, you know, we're, we're cruising around uh, the uh, the town and everybody's a fucking zombie. Hell has come to Frogtown. <laughs> it's Raccoon City in, in the beginning of RE2, verbatim. Oh, yeah, it sure is. Yeah, maniac, why'd he bite me? Well, <laughs> you know, chomping down on that burger. It looked tasty in <laughs> yeah. the remake. God, that is the most beautifully <laughs> rendered food I've ever seen in my life, and I'm so glad you just brought that up. Yeah, I mean, I don't even eat meat anymore, but substitute that for an Impossible Burger, sign me up. It's just like a montage here of, like, the town getting overrun, and, like, it's just full spooky town now. Yeah, the the, uh, the cops are all transformed, even, and, and we get a shot of... Uh, of the uh, main cop with his fucking hand on fire for some reason. Because he's a zombie and he don't feel it. Remember when I did this to RoboCop when I blew his fucking <laughs> hand off? You think that's what they were trying to say? Uh, probably not, <laughs> but still. I work for Dick Jones. <laughs> hey, dicky boy. This has the best callback for me. Okay, so this is why I mentioned the milkman at the beginning of this movie. What the fuck oh is this? Oh my god. Because this milkman is just... He's standing on an over his overturned truck just pouring milk out? Yeah, doing like a, a dance of some kind. <laughs> so I was just saying to Connor, like, you know, Kevin McCarthy's not really dead. He's just like put makeup on and like is blaming it on being a zombie. Right, right. You think the same thing happened to this guy? Like he just had a psychotic break? Dude, he saw a chance to break out from his fucking milk routine. It was like, I'm going to flip my truck and pour milk everywhere. Like I'm going to go real nuts. <laughs> He's fucking pouring it out like a maniac. I cut loose. <laughs> if if I act like a maniac, they'll just they'll think I'm one, so they'll ignore me. Same with the mailman, because he's just like throwing.
throwing mail into like a bonfire? It's the weird midnight hour. Well, you know, he's sick of his job, and now that he's dead, he's absolutely not going to do it. <laughs> I'm saying he's not dead. He's just like, fuck you, postal service. Yeah. It's the midnight hour equivalent of smearing guts on yourself in The Walking Dead. It's like, well, they won't know I'm here, so might as well just do what I want. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they said it was illegal to burn the mail. Well, <laughs> stop me now. I'm an, I'm undead, wink, wink. Say it's a federal offense. <laughs> Here's your fucking milk. Doesn't matter. It's going to get all reset by the end of the movie anyway. So fuck it. Might as well go wild, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then a fucking werewolf rips out a fire hydrant. <laughs> yes! Like it's a styrofoam block! I love it! Look, Razor heard there was a party down the road and he showed up to fucking, you know, let loose a little bit. He just didn't bring Toka. <laughs> Go play, have fun, babies! <laughs> it's just so funny because of these, like, pedestrian acts of, like, violence against, like, milk and mail. And then, like, this werewolf just <laughs> right. fucking, like, Hulk rips this fucking fire hydrant out of the ground i love it so much yeah i mean it's a show of strength for sure but you're right joe it's it's petty crimes basically <laughs> so we're back at the mansion and now everybody's a vampire with lavar burton mary the whole fucking crew yeah and like lucinda's like why'd your fucking friend dressed up all fucking weird and she's like eh you know people do that now she's like if it was my day she'd be burned at the stake which okay like i i kind of like that line but it just feels really out of nowhere in this movie sure especially at this point in the movie yeah like that's something you do at the beginning like when they're in the room and she's putting like the fucking punker shit on you know yeah or when like before the turn where uh lucinda reveals that she's you know also a vampire on top of being a witch or something like i don't know before more information has been doled out sure so everybody is a monster in the mansion now and phil and sandy roll up to the cavendar place and uh this is so great because the entire film everything's been very like warm inside the house and like very lush and kind of um saturated and we walk and they walk in now and it's like this cool like uh Steadicam shot that like goes through the door and the door opens and like everything is like now it looks like a haunted house. All every it's like evil has like drained like seeped yeah. into this fucking mansion. It's really awesome. Like the set design is cool. Yeah, it's like dead alive when after everybody gets killed, suddenly the place has haunted house mist. Yes, exactly. And they all they all got together in the staircase to wait for uh Phil and Sandy to show up. So they do their big dramatic group reveal. Yeah, they all appear in the fucking the fucking Michael Jackson thriller group and start closing <laughs> in on them. <laughs> Hands out and everything. And, uh, you know, of course, Mitch jumps over the railing because he's the one guy they need to get the item off of while the rest come behind him. This is pretty good, though, because they chase him into the kitchen and they, like, yes, bar the door, yes. but not before Chad sticks his hand in. And she's and Sandy's like, get the ring! So he's, like, trying to get it off, and she, like, pulls ah! out a knife. She, like, pulls out a knife, and he's like, no, 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 not that. And he, like, what, grabs, like, Crisco or some shit and, like, slides this ring off his finger? He gets the Mrs. Buttersworth and pours syrup all over his finger. <laughs> yes. She, he bites his finger off. She's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I didn't want you to cut it off, but, you know, I thought at least it might taste good. I don't know. Instead of cutting it off, he bites it, he put, but he puts something sweet on it. Yeah, I like that. But he gets it off. I mean, honestly, he probably could have cut it off as we find out, but they get the ring and they get book it the hell out of there. Yeah, and they, they jump in the car and they go to take off, and, like, Vicky is, like, in the back seat for whatever reason. She's like, hey, I'm back in the movie. Remember me, your substitute teacher for today only so far, but we're now buddies? I, fu I fucked your friend in the back of your car. I hope that's okay. And, uh... You know, I, I actually think the movie kind of got me. I have to admit, I wasn't even thinking about this. But they they go to the uh, graveyard to try to end things. Where it all started. And, of course, she's a vampire. 
Oh, I fucking love it because they're like, she's like, what's up? And he's like, oh, well, okay, so we released this curse out of this fucking parchment and we got to seal it up with the bones in here and all this shit and we got to do it by midnight. And she's like, you don't say. Blah. It just becomes a fucking <laughs> vampire. And Sandy sees her coming. She's like, ah, oh, Phil, look out. And then she just, like, brains her. She fucking tiger uppercuts this woman. <laughs> yeah. Knocks her the fuck out. One hit KO. Well, she's also a ghost, and she has powers, right? I, that's what I gather. I, yes, ghost, zombie, whatever. She can affect the physical world. Yeah, that's right. Hey, if she can fuck, she can punch. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She figures out in that moment, she's like, well, if I can do that, there's no reason why I can't, you know, deck this woman. <laughs> exactly. So they go into Nathan's crypt, and they get the fucking supplies they need, but these dingalings forget the matches in the car. Dude, they open this crypt up and it's just like bone dust. And like, <laughs> it, like Phil even says he's like he's like I wonder what uh, old uh, Nate's gonna look like, and he's just a skeleton. Like he never came back from the dead or anything. No. <laughs> I love the idea of the, the one guy in the fucking cemetery is like just too old to come back. Literally everybody else in the graveyard comes back except him. Sandy, Sandy doesn't have a fucking body. She's essentially a ghost, and like this poor asshole just has to sit in his mausoleum. Well, because he's the he's the special item. That's what he gets for being a white racist asshole back when he was alive. <laughs> His penance. <laughs> oh, that's right. Lucinda's black. She's like, so we got to let him, uh, you know, no, 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 no. Spe- not him. <laughs> no, fuck no, him. Definitely not him. <laughs> Anybody but him. I'll even take the zombies fucking on the couch. <laughs> so all the monsters come in and it, it's a really cool shot. Like, yeah. I can, I really appreciate this because it's such a wide shot of this giant graveyard with all of these extras and zombie and werewolf and vampire makeup and this fog and these lights. It's really fucking cool. Yeah, like the red light on the fog is very evocative. So they jump in the car and the matches are in the car and, uh, you know, they melt the wax and put the bone in it and seal it with the ring. But, um, you know, nothing's happening. He's like, oh, we got to say some magic words or whatever. So Paul yells out Jumanji and then everything... (laughs) Goes back to normal. No, that's... Arise, dragon! (laughs) So Sandy grabs him and she's like, I love you. Goodbye, Phil. And she kisses him on the mouth. And poof, everything kind of just zaps zaps back to normal, like before it ever happened. Right. Even his car. No longer in a pothole either. So that's what I'm saying. Like, do the costumes go back on the mannequins still covered in, like, food and cum (laughs) and eggs and shit? Well, I would say yes, if not for the fact that his roof fixed itself. So I think probably not. But I hope they are. I hope they're still covered in shit. me too. And the museum curator walks in like, what the fuck happened? Someone shows up to Mitch's house like, why is your DNA all the fuck over these clothes? (laughs) I mean, they probably just have alcohol all over them, if nothing else. I did a swab test. It's your semen, buddy. Why is your blood pissing come off of this pilgrim outfit? <laughs> and feces? Feces, really? And ketchup and eggs. What were you doing? <laughs> ketchup and eggs. And there's popcorn in this pocket. What the it's fuck? Just, it's his dad yelling at him. But it's Mitch's dad yelling at him. It's not even his own dad. Kevin McCarthy fucking comes back. He's like, what the fuck? What the fuck with all this goddamn shit? All over my goddamn suit. You're going to jail, you little shit. Mitch would just be like, man... Could we have at least, like, like kept him dead? <laughs> and then he really does strangle his son again in real life. Yep. Yeah, that's the sad truth. That's the sad ending. Mitch just has, like, a daydream of this whole thing happening. Just stands up and shoots his dad at breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> he had it coming. So everything goes back to normal, and Paul... Uh, Paul. I keep calling him Paul. Phil gets out of the car, and right next to his car is Sandy's grave, and, like, his jacket is on it that she like that he, like, lent her. And he takes the jacket off, and it's it's kind of sweet because there's, like, she, like, had written her initials, like, in her lipstick on the gra- on the tombstone. Right. 
and it's still fresh. And he fucking like takes a takes a swab of it with his finger and like smells it. And he's like, ah, tutti fucking fruity. It was her. And then Wolfman Jack interrupts the movie one more time to be like, ah, here comes this trap of Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just wanted to tell you all that Sandy's back. Uh, she had a little last minute request for a fill here. He, oh, we're gonna end the movie with this song. Here we go. I'd like to see the scene where she went to a payphone and made this call, but we don't get it. You tell me you're a ghost and you want to play a song for your new living boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all hopped up on cocaine. Yeah, why not? Sounds sounds legit to me. Who doesn't love a little ghost? <laughs> Happy Halloween. So it's like the sweet song, and like he's like, that was great. He's like, I'm gonna hang on to this parchment because guess I I know what I'm doing next year for Halloween. Except I'm cutting right to the fucking chase, baby. We're gonna go right to lookout point first. Well, now that I know how it works, now that I know as long as I end it before midnight, I can get laid and end it without any travesty. I can kill my friends and family once a year, every year, and then just undo it. <laughs> And then eat ice cream, drag race, and fuck. Honestly, a perfect candidate for the Winter Stepfather Project. I mean, you'd you'd have to do that to get him from, you know, fucking with the time-space continuum over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, you know, after, like, the third time, you know, Hurt's just opening a portal and just stepping out and just shooting him. Give me that scroll! (laughs) He shows up with a red book and fucking feels like, no, no! Halloween, Sandy, I don't know what the other words would be. Sandy, drag race, malt shop. Fifties. Werewolf. Malt chop! <laughs> Sock hop. <laughs> Greasers. Reading rainbow. <laughs> Deo. Yeah, I don't know. Sign me up for um, getting a parchment that releases a ghost from the 50s that's super attractive that wants to just hang out and party all night on Halloween. I'll be there every 31st, baby. Until I'm, you know, old and beaten down and, you know... <laughs> Sandy's like, oh, you're boring now. Yeah, oh, you're old, man. Like, this is Squaresville, dude. Bye. What do you th- do? You think he tells people about this, or he just like keeps it to himself? Like, yeah, my first love was a ghost. I, didn't, you know, it was a one night stand. Let me tell you, my whole town died. <laughs> I'm the only one that remembers it. Literally, I, I bring it up with everybody that was affected by it, and no one believes me. There's still cum stains on those costumes, though. I know. I know what happened. Imagine 10 years of, of Phil doing this every year and that fucking pilgrim costume getting put back on the same mannequin and people just walking by. Him <laughs> just like, <laughs> what the hell is that? At one point, Mitch is like, you know what? How about we don't steal those things? They smell like shit. <laughs> well, yeah, 10 years from now when they're still going to high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yes. And then the whole night is avoided because Mitch is like, fuck no, that thing smells like shit. <laughs> But but Phil still cracks the scroll. <laughs> yeah, well he's got to get his dick wet. Even though Mom said he didn't have to yet, he had he he should wait a little while with those cock and balls. He's you know he he's not messing around, man. You know you you cra- instead of playing with yourself, you're opening that fucking magic scroll again. Just shoot one off. You're fine. Relax. Stop stop Groundhog Day and you bought your fucking ghost girlfriend back to life every thirty first. You fucking loser. He's got it down to a science now. He has like all the stuff for the ritual already ready before he even reads the parchment. She has an OnlyFans. It's great. <laughs> It's his personal OnlyFans of Sandy. Like he's moved her corpse to like a different area so that he just reads the room and like in a room or only it activates her. Oh my goodness. How'd I get here? I don't remember. 
remember you? I'm Phil. Remember? No! You look like a raisin. Oh, so every year I gotta go through this whole thing again? Or she comes back like the, the second time, she's like, eh, you know what? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I didn't know you were gonna keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna, I don't know how you say it now, I was gonna lose your number? Uh, I, my spirit's at rest. Can you stop bringing me back, please? I, I, I'm, I'm in heaven or wherever, on the astral plane. She finally just rips up the fucking paper like, you know what? Phil, this is what you get. You just are gonna have to deal with, live with this now. I dump your ass, <laughs> but she can't because she has to seal it again. Well, she's sick of it. She's sick of being summoned. Oh man, then evil like just stays on Earth. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. He fucked up. He blew it big time. So where are we putting this in our treat bag, fellas? Uh, this is a three musketeer bar for me. Um, Ooh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, my, it's like this one of my favorite candy bars. Oh, okay. Because like I don't know, there's nothing really all that like particularly jazzy about it it's like yeah it's some chocolate and fucking nougat enjoy um it's really delicious <laughs> um and this movie's kind of sweet and uh fun goofy and also at the same time like hey look here's some like legit horror shenanigans enjoy um i don't know it feels kind of like a a very comfortable halloween greatest hits uh that kind of feels like various things we've already referenced uh i guess like a little bit evil dead thriller dead alive um any of your kind of like, uh, I mentioned Paranorman, you know, your your typical like witch curse town story. Um, I love this movie. I had a great time with it, despite how fucking tired I was trying to get through it and how long it feels. Um, because it does, I think, meander kind of at the end with the whole silver bullets thing. Um, especially because I don't think he shoots a single werewolf. Oh, no, he does. Oh, yes, he it does. You know, he definitely shoots the uh, patrolman with it, specifically, the guy with the dogs. I forgot, we forgot to cover that, but, like, he totally fucking 86 is this guy, and then he turns back into the patrolman, complete with his fucking glasses that he didn't need. Yes! His, his clothes and everything. <laughs> yep. And his chewing tobacco. Um, well, there you go, I forgot all about, I forgot that happened, because I thought it was such a weird detour. Um... But yeah, I think uh, like I think the the weird physical comedy lands. Uh, the I think the Sandy story is uh, very tender and, and you know like oh um, uh, yeah, it's just fun. I liked it. Um, this is a uh, Butterfinger BBs for me. Ooh. Um, they just don't make them like this anymore. Straight up, do they make Butterfinger BBs? Anymore? They don't. No, they do not. It's one of those things where I miss. All of the made-for-TV stuff, like the quality made-for-TV stuff, like there is no way that something is getting made for regular television anymore like this, like especially now with like Netflix and Hulu and all, you know, all these exclusive bullshits, um, it's kind of like less special, so that's why I miss things like this, like we've talked about it before, but like, um, you know, every year, like, TGIF would do, like, their special night on Fridays, especially for Halloween, and, right. you know, you'd have, like, the uh, the Stevel episode where it's, like, you know, the, yep. the little Urkel puppet and stuff like that, and it was, like, themed, um, but those were special times, and where you got together with your family and, like, all got together and, like, watched these specials because they were only airing, like, on Halloween night or, or whatever particular day it was, and this is this is one of them. And this played out through the 90s, so that's how I saw it. You know, I wasn't alive in 85, but we did watch this in the 90s because they did run it a few times, but not at fucking 9 o'clock. Like, it was definitely earlier, I remember. Um, but yeah, I really love this movie. Like, it feels like Halloween a lot. Um, the atmosphere, the 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 um, the tone, uh, and like Connor said, like the, the comedy's on point. It 
definitely feels like a kind of like a like a uh, a teen comedy, but there's also a lot of really great horror elements in it too, and it's shot pretty decent, and the effects are really good, and like I think it has, I think it's better than it has any right to be, and it's just a super fun time. Uh, I lo- I love all the, I love how there's a bunch of different stories kind of all together, and it's like the culmination of, um, and again before we mentioned uh, quote unquote tropey, but um, I don't think there was this trope yet of like everybody getting together on Halloween night and unleashing a curse and like having to put it back inside the box yet. And, uh, yeah, I I love it. It It's, it's delicious. And, um, I wish there was more of these that can be talked highly about. And yeah, I'm popping this motherfucker like Butterfinger BBs, baby. Yeah, I'm popping this baby like Neko's. Oh, uh, no! I didn't like this movie at all. Oh, really? No. At all? I was, I was bored throughout. I, I paused the movie at one point uh, and saw that it was only at the 42-minute mark, and I, I, I fucking groaned, to be quite honest. Wow. I can supplement that by saying this movie being made for tv could have benefited from being 20 minutes shorter uh no i agree totally i just uh i i you know i use neko specifically because that is a candy that i always had around the house a uh, growing up because my dad enjoys them but they're like flavors fucking like uh uh bag badminton fucking uh, uh pieces more or less it's uh, the, the, the wafers right yeah wafers like they have a little bit of flavor but like for the most part they all taste the same and i, I listen I, I i get why you guys are into it like it is competently made uh but just for me man i i don't know just nothing really clicked i think i laughed twice uh specifically when the uh the uh, little person zombie put the sunglasses on. I I, I laughed at that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good gag. And um, I can't even remember another scene specifically. I mean, th- th- there's parts for sure. Um, I I didn't hate this by any stretch. I just did not enjoy it for uh, more than a few seconds here or there. Um, I don't know. It didn't do it for me. So it, it's Neko's. More of a uh, Christmas candy in my house. Usually, my dad would get it for Christmas, and then they would just sit there for like a year. So I don't know if that meant that he really didn't like him either and was too afraid to say anything. Um, but that's this movie to me. I mean, you know, I, I'm diving into the dumpster with the Neckos in hand and placing the, the Neckos and the Midnight Hour somewhere around the uh, midpoint of the dumpster. <laughs> and may, maybe even pushing it a little lower past the uh, hypodermic needles and old pumpkins. Um, and and I'm, I'm waving to that guy that Satan Man threw in the dumpster in the last episode and seeing how he's doing. Uh, but that that's where it will stay uh, for the for be able for the foreseeable future. Um, I can totally see what you're saying. I mean, it, it is a little um, long winded, um, especially if you're not kind of into it. Yeah. From the get go, I guess. <laughs> y- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I went into this like really excited about it just based on the little tiny bit I knew about it just in preparation for like promoting Trick or Trash and just, uh, you know, you know, do, doing a little due diligence to see who I was uh, going to see in this picture. But uh, it just uh, didn't click for me. I, I totally understand that. It, it, it's more like a it's more like a cozy nostalgic thing for me. I think. Um, I I mean, with that said, though, it's the first time Connor's seen it and he enjoyed it. So you know, just sometimes. I mean, you, we've talked about it on the show before. You know, there's just sometimes movies just uh, maybe one of us like or or two of us like, and there's a, there's that odd man out. Well, that's me this week. Every, that's the beauty of it, man. We all have our own opinions, and we can have a conversation about it. You know, right? No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I I fucking 
detested Satan's of the Helper, but, you know. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to spin it every other year, so what does that say? I, f- I find that movie fucking contemptible, but, you know, whatever. But you should definitely check it out if you've never seen yeah, it, so I yeah. feel. Again, make your own decision. It's on YouTube, and it's not in bad quality at all. And again, it's made for TV, so. Yes, yes. Keep that in mind. So, yeah, make sure you keep an eye out. Keep those eyes glued to that Instagram. Okay, because we we just dropped the prize pack for this week. So make sure you go check that out. See what you can win. And, uh, you know, listen for that code word in this episode and submit it wherever uh, on any uh, social media app, uh, your favorite social media app. And uh, you'll be entered for this week. And then we'll draw that next week or next Wednesday. And we always like to uh, shout out our patrons for all their support and you can, uh, of course, always join the Patreon and go over there and join the $2, $5, $10 tier. Uh, ask us questions like we uh, did earlier in this episode and see all behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. Uh, you know, going back to the barbecue, we got a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff for that. And we got some uh, trick-or-trash stuff we're going to be putting up there soon with the Dumpster Goblin. Oh, yeah. $2 tier gets you access to the posts and uh, a, a big old thank you from us to... Making yourself an official dumpster dweller. $5 tier uh, commentary tracks are coming. Uh, we're, we're looking to get that rolling fairly soon. And uh, you also get a sticker pack with that. And then at the $10 tier, you also get all of that plus a t-shirt, a movie dumpster t-shirt, and a, a movie dumpster glow-in-the-dark pin. It's a pretty sweet deal. Not bad. And then as Joe tells you every episode, you can, for nothing at all, go over to that uh, Apple Podcast app and uh, give us that five-star review. And if you got the time and you really love us, you could drop us a review, and that helps us a lot. That I would argue that helps us even more yes. uh, than, than, than contributing financially. It's yeah. just spreading the, spreading the word about the show if you, if you like it and, and uh, showing it to like, like-minded folks. Exactly. And they can get into it. Word of mouth is uh, key. But I want to just thank uh, Hunter Davenport, Brendan Lemune, The Autistic Gamer 89, Christopher, Jacob Chavez, Leonardo Roberto Talavera Barocio. Orlani. <laughs> it's like a little drive-by on that one. He hit me, shot me right in the gut with that one. Yeah, knocked you out of your shoes. <laughs> Amanda Tweed, Joe has a mustache. Dustin Elkins, Nick Lowry, Dalton Bell, Sergio Murillo, Matt Collins, Tyler Monty, Lucio Fulci's butt, and Julie Lockwood. A name that we all know here at Movie Dumpster. Thank you all very much for your support. Thank you so much. I've never heard of her. Who is she? What's she might be coming on for uh, trashing through the snow? Oh, it's interesting. I can't wait to meet her. Maybe it's possible. I think. Uh, I think I'm marrying her. I think. I don't know. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Secrets out now. So look forward to that in a few months, folks. Oh yeah, and keep and, and again, you know, jump on that Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Or look out for that uh, dumpster goblin. He's going to be telling you what's coming up next. Yes. So stay tuned. I love the dumpster goblin. I got to ask him though, is he going back to formula? Is it happening? <laughs> Maybe. I <laughs> <laughs> keep watching to find out. He might go back to formula. He's going to drop some fucking pumpkin bombs, dude. Possibly. I'll I'll try to catch one. Hopefully, get, don't get my arm blown off. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Deal is choice. Jeez, that would be dealer's choice. Am I better off grabbing it and throwing it back or just fucking jumping out of the way, dolphin diving like Baldwin? Oh, man, I don't know. Hopefully your fucking webs don't give out. Yeah, yeah. well, well thank God you're giving me that. I just assumed I was a regular peon human. I didn't even know I was going to get Superman's power or Spider-Man's powers out of the deal. Fuck. I'll take it. I know we're trying to wrap the show up, but as you're saying that, and it is Halloween, 
uh, season that uh, always reminds me. I used to have this weird fantasy. I, I, I don't know. Maybe other people have had this fantasy too of I was Spider-Man and uh, I somehow magically got the powers and, you know, it was in reality and I just went to like Hollywood and stole the fucking suit from the Tommy Aguirre Spider-Man <laughs> and I was like swinging around <laughs> New York and shit. I don't know. That, that was always a weird fantasy of mine. I guess I'm putting it out there on the airwaves now for all the listeners to hear. And anytime, anytime I imagine myself with superpowers, it was for financial gain. Uh, well, sure. Straight up. I'm not going to fucking mince words here. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, Spider-Man, at the end of the day, he was always in financial debt, so maybe not the best choice. And and, and now we know that Joe's superhero persona would be on The Boys and not in, like, a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, realistically, I'll take teleportation over anything else. Just teleport my ass into a bank and grab some bags and teleport yeah. out. I wouldn't want to hurt anybody. Sure. You know what I mean? Unless I absolutely had to. And Sean is uh, Hayden Christensen from Jumper. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, right? He's, he's the Sandman, dude. I'll take any power any day. I'll even take crappy powers like what Mineta has in My Hero, just throwing grapes off my head or some shit. <laughs> it's a thing. You'd be really good at bowling. Yeah, wow, well, yeah, that's a good point. Hustle people? There you go. Yeah. That's a superpower, right? Why not? I, I saw <laughs> Kingpin. Become a pool shark? Maybe. Yeah. Fuck my landlady. <laughs> So that's it. That's The Midnight Hour from 1985, directed by Jack Bender. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. I'm Melissa. There seems to be a bit of a problem down here. What, is there a fight? Nope. The chaperones are out of wine. I'll get some more from the cellar. Thanks. That is one fantastic chaperone. <laughs> really? Hey, Isn't that a little chancy? I mean, this is Halloween. Isn't that when all the creepy things are supposed to stock the earth? It deals with demons. Demon resurrection and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant but are never truly dead. It's Halloween, gentlemen. Halloween, have you forgotten? They're coming to get you, Barbara. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Trick or treat.